0: podcasts you love
1: from people you trust
0: this This is is
2: twit hi this is leo laporte and this is my tech guy podcast this show originally aired on the premier radio networks 200 stations coast to coast on sunday february 16th 2020 this is episode 1670 enjoy the Tech Guy Podcast comes to you from the Twit LastPass Studios. Securing every access point in your company doesn't have to be a challenge. LastPass unifies access and authentication to make securing your employees simple and secure. Check out LastPass.com/slash/twit to learn more. The Tech Guy Podcast is brought to you by LastPass. Reused passwords are compromising the security of businesses worldwide. LastPass will ensure that your employees are using passwords securely by generating unique, strong passwords for them. Visit lastpass.com slash twit to learn more. And by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy with one click. It's that easy. For three extra months free with a one-year package, go to expressvpn.com slash Well, hey, 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 how are you today, Leo Laporte, the tech guy? Time to talk computers, the internet, home theater, digital photography, smartphones, smart watches, augmented reality, virtual reality, real reality. 8888 Ask Leo is my phone number. If you want to talk high tech, I'm here for you. I'm your tech guy, I'm your personal tech guy. 888 827 5536. That's toll-free uh, from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, outside that area. You can still reach us with Skype out. It's 888-827-5536. Website, techguylabs.com. You want to remember that anyway because everything we talk about ends up there. We have uh, professional scribes who are writing this down, and uh, and that way you don't have to Right, as you're driving around. You can just go to techguylabs.com. It's free. There's no sign-up. Everything we talk about, all the links, everything will be right there. Uh, Samsung this week announced new phones, the Galaxy S20, S20 Plus, S20 Ultra, and the Z Flip, Woo-hoo. which in the rest of the world they call the Z Flip, which I, I don't know. I like the Z Flip. That's a good name. I ordered one, but good luck getting them. Kind of makes me mad. I don't know if Samsung provides them or these people just know how to do it, but they're, you know, all the YouTube reviewers have already got theirs. Darn it, and I'm waiting. I'm excited about it, except that uh, that guy Jerry rigs Everything got his. You know about Jerry on YouTube. He destroys phones, the destroyer of phones. And, uh, yeah, he took an X-Acto knife. <laughs> Just <it> pains me. <laughs> took an Exacto knife to the phone. Like, you're going to do that? Are you going to do that? What he does is he tests the hardness of the screen. You know, so he's because Samsung has had problems, as you probably know, in these folding phones. The Z Flip is another one of them folding phones. There are two ways to go with folding phones fold out to make them bigger, so it's like phone size, thicker, opens up, now you got a tablet. Or, and I think this is going to end up being very popular folds together to make a small little pocket square kind of phone that you, you, know, you slip in your pocket, of your purse, and then you open it up and it's a normal size. And that's what the Z Flip is. It's a 6.7 inch phone that folds in half. So you can just pocket it. I think that's actually a good. And there's some kind of, I think this is a good idea. There's some kind of, the hinge is uh, stiff enough so that you can have it all the way open, but you can also have it halfway open. So it's like a little Smurf laptop you could put there, a little Barbie laptop. And then uh, there are programs can understand that because I guess Google's put that in Android now and, so if it's if it's folded a little bit, it'll say oh, and it'll use the top. For instance, Google's Duo, which is their phone calling, their video calling, you know, their FaceTime program. If you're halfway folded, they'll put the video of the person in the top half and the controls in the bottom half, and you can aim it just like you would with a laptop to get this you know, the camera aimed just right. I I think that's kind of cool, right? Little Barbie laptop. I'll put it in my Barbie fun house. It'll be cute. But don't scratch it with an X-Acto knife, okay? (laughs) Uh, Jerry is famous for uh, testing the hardness of screens. And so the Samsung Galaxy Fold was notorious for a very fragile screen. In fact, reviewers broke it in the first day. Many reviewers did in the first day. And uh, well, that that wasn't so. Samsung said, "Well, we're well, okay. Never mind. I'll forget that." And they came back a couple of months later. Where they said, "Well, we fixed uh, it's fixed it, but it's still a soft because to be a flexible screen like that, the screen has to bend. It's got to be you know just soft plastic. It's an OLED OLED screen, and uh, which c- those can bend, and so it can bend. But you know, it, <laughs> it might have little crinkles or creases or little bubbles, you know, little ripples as it's bending." Hmm uh the the moto razor which they made they foolishly announced this two weeks ago right before samsung and uh, there's crinkles and they even say you know might have some creases or crinkles No, oh, that's normal uh and of course jerry when he takes his exacto knife to the fold or the moto, moto razor just slices right through it because it's plastic samsung said oh don't worry the z flip we're going to um we're going to make this with folding glass super thin glass that'll fold Jerry says, no, no, it's not. <laughs> he scratches it, scratches it. He says, it's still pretty soft. Okay, so remind me not to use an X-Acto knife on it. Somebody in the chat room says, yeah, and Jerry Riggs everything has 5 million subscribers. Yeah, they do. Five Half a million views on this, this durability test. So I guess, you know, you can afford to buy a $1,400 phone. Yeah, that's how much it is and destroy it, break my heart. Brought to you by D-Bread. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm I'm probably not going to scratch it with an X-Acto knife. So, Jerry says it's probably not glass, glass. We, Jerry doesn't know. Jerry says it's probably not glass, glass. It's probably a, a plastic with some glass mixed in or something. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I... I have learned not to scratch it with an exacto knife. <laughs> um, but yeah, now Samsung's going to take some heat. Boy, I would not want to be in the smartphone business these days because there's these little dweeby guys. There's a lot of them. Uh, Most of them have YouTube channels who specialize in dissatisfaction. That's they're in the business of dissatisfaction oh, I don't know. It's not that good. It it scratches. When I dropped it off the roof, it broke. Oh, man. And then you see, and then you run into their uh, little echo chamber on on Reddit and Twitter. And oh, man, Samsung, come on. Okay, fine. It makes you kind of not want to buy one of these things, which must be a problem for Samsung. Google had, had, had terrible problems with its Pixel 4, its latest smartphone. Man, people just decided this is a terrible phone. Even, even, even quote, I'm going to put this in air quotes. You can't see it, but they're in the air. Professional reviewers on the blogs like The Verge and the and Gadget and stuff like that. Oh, this is terrible. The dissatisfaction, the, it turns out, who knew dissatisfaction drives more views, gets more clicks than satisfaction who knew that right if i were smart if i wanted to have great ratings on this radio show i'd just be whining all day about this stuff oh man why can't they just give these away <laughs> why do they have to charge for them? <laughs> i'm sure i'll get it someday you know once they get them to all the U- dissatisfaction youtubers i'll get mine i'm buying it that's the difference see i'm a customer I'm buying it, and uh, once Best Buy figures out how to ship it to me, I'll have one probably by next week, and I'll let you know. I will not, though. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'll, I'll use it normally, but I will not take a an exacto knife to it. I, probably, I can't. It breaks my heart. I can't do it. Uh, this happens even at the highest levels. Jedi, which was a big contract, the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure. It's the new cloud for the Pentagon, and it was a $10 billion contract, a billion dollars a year for 10 years. The Pentagon put it out for bids. Google, Amazon, and Microsoft, all of whom are big in cloud services, all bid for it. Google dropped out early on because their employees said, well, you can't do work for the Defense Department. No, no, no. So, you know, (laughs) Google... (laughs) Google's got to do with the engineers, right? They need the engineers, the programmers. I said, okay, all right. Jeff Bezos at Amazon said, we don't care. We think it's patriotic to do defense work, and we're glad to do it, and we'll we'll take that contract. Unfortunately for Amazon, it's run by a guy named Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world. You might have heard of him. What is he worth? He's like I don't know, $132 billion or something. That's a huge number. Who's going to be the first trillionaire? He'll be in the running. Anyway, uh, Jeff also, with his spare change, bought the Washington Post, and they've been critical of the president. So the president apparently, we don't know, but the president apparently weighed in on this and said, Don't, whatever you do, don't give it to Jeff. So Microsoft got the contract. And yeah, that's that's life, right? Microsoft Azure, it's a very nice cloud service. People were a little surprised. They thought Amazon was a shoe in because they have all the services the Pentagon would want. But no, Microsoft got the uh 10 billion dollar jedi contract so what did amazon do they sued and a judge has blocked the jedi contract temporary block to to figure out what happened here can't win sue and a temporary injunction hey no fair anybody who's ever had kids knows this one no fair Right, you you like her better. No fair. <laughs> you like Sacha and Adela better. Uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh. What they should do is what every parent does. Okay, Jeff, you divide the contract in half, and Sacha, you pick the bigger half. You pick the half you like. That way, they would solve it. All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back with your calls. Are you ready, uh, Kim? All right, Kim Schaeffer is uh, is ready to answer the phones. 8888-ASK-LEO, we'll get to your calls in just a second. Leo Laporte, the tech guy, we're going to come back with your calls right after this. Well, it's really problematic for me too, Mike B. Mike says, I hate and love Samsung. How dare they announce a new phone one month before my birthday? Now I must buy it. <laughs> well, but here's my here's my thing. Now everybody, Samsung, Google, and Apple all are doing two phone announcements a year. They used to just do one, you know, and I have to buy some a new phone. Now, I got to do it twice a year. So now, I mean, I just bought the Note 10. Now I got to buy the S20 and the Z Flip. And then Apple's supposed to do a new phone in in March, although they probably won't now because of COVID-19. But maybe they will. I don't know. And then uh, and uh, and Google do a Pixel 4a. <sighs> I swear. China is shut down. Wow. Dr. Mom says she just listened to the WHO report, World Health Organization report. People are so scared about the coronavirus, they're just not going to work, which means, of course, all those fine phones are not being made. It's an opportunity for Samsung because they make their phones in South Korea. They don't make them in China. Ladies and gentlemen, the unbreakable Kimmy Schaffer. Schaffer. Hello, Kimmy. Good
0: morning. I can't hear anything.
2: Are you where you can't hear me?
0: I can't hear myself.
2: (laughs) I can hear you. That's all that matters.
0: Good, as long as you can hear me.
2: Um, Why are you wearing a surgical mask? Are you worried the callers will give you coronavirus? Hello. It's so
0: crazy. I was sneezing Hello. today,
2: but it's because the allergies have started because it's like 80 degrees out there. Apparently. Dr. Mom uh, has been reading the World Health Organization report from today. She said pretty much China's shut down.
0: And I was listening to uh, NPR on the way here, and I guess all the schools are closed until sometime in March. Yeah.
2: And crazy. the reason I bring that up, besides the fact that this is a potential health <laughs> catastrophe, the reason I bring it up is all those phones, the iPhones and the not the Samsung phones, but all the other phones are made in China. Uh-huh. Samsung makes his phones to South Korea. They're probably going, whoo. Whew. Uh, although I bet you a lot of the parts are made in China. I wonder. I wonder. And, uh, you know, how long before South Korea starts seeing the effects? Yeah. And then uh, there's supposedly Apple's making new iPads and iPhones as fast as they can, except the, uh, fo- the Foxconn plants are shut down now. Nobody's going to work. In fact, the Foxconn. The economy's
1: going to a screeching halt yeah, over
2: there. Foxconn shifted its production from iphones to face masks so there you go okay. there you go anyway oh, we're crazy. safe here locked into our studio Ugh. i'll make sure that uh mo doesn't let anybody in
0: <laughs> don't you have a room full of people right now oh crud you guys anybody
2: feverish sneezing anybody, no you been to china in the last two weeks <laughs> yeah yikes Ugh. what you have you no, you're okay. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, people sneeze in China. Everybody runs yeah. for cover. Ducks. Ah, yeah. uh, yikes. So, so, meanwhile, we are safe. We will continue on because we are, as I said, sealed hermetically in a hermetically sealed studio. <laughs> and uh, and I have a uh, an infrared sensor aimed at every employee to make sure that their temperature is ninety eight point <laughs> six exactly. <laughs> you am feeling a little warm now, oh, yeah. uh, There you go. We just put the giant filter in front of you, the air filter. You're safe. Who should I talk to first? Here?
0: How about David in Burnsville, North
2: Carolina? All right. Thank you, Kim. You're welcome. Stay safe out there. Hi, David. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Lee. How are you? It's, it's nice to talk
3: to you, finally.
2: Oh, it's I'm nice good. to talk to
1: you.
3: Uh, yeah, I got a question My uh, son is in kuwait and he wants to watch uh, disney plus but it's not available there so he's been using norge vpn he called me a, a couple of days ago and said it was really slow yeah there's a lot do, do you have any suggestions of other
2: uh, vpns that I, do. I do i do is your son in the service yes he is he's in the national guard awesome thank you for your service and thank him too I certainly will. Yeah, and we want them to be able to watch The Mandalorian, because I'm sure there's a lot of dead downtime there. you just lying there kind of thinking, oh, I wish I had something to watch. So, yes. <laughs> we have a sponsor. I should say they're a sponsor uh, of both the radio show and our podcasts that is also a VPN provider. One, I prefer to Nord. Nord's had some security issues in the past. Um, and I have tried them... Uh, See so what what you do with a VPN is he's in he's in Kuwait and there's no Disney Plus in Kuwait but he can with a virtual private network or VPN he can use the VPN server in the US in the states and that means that his connection will look like it's in the states Disney Plus will say oh great and apparently you know at first i thought well is that legal it is in many of the cases the terms of service for a lot of these like Netflix Disney Plus BBC's iPlayer say, well, you can't use a VPN. But I asked Netflix about it, and they said, well, it's not it's not illegal. It's okay for you to do that if you're a, a Netflix subscriber. In his case, he's a Disney Plus subscriber. He's not stealing. Okay. They said the reason we just don't recommend it is because VPNs slow things down. And they do. In the nature of a VPN, there's a little extra overhead, right, because he's not getting it from the base server. He's getting it from the U.S., and so it has to go from the base through maybe one or two servers to the U.S., Disney sends it to the, U, the, the VPN server in the U.S., and then this guy gets sent back to him. And a lot of times that slows it down a lot. Here's the weird thing. I don't know what ExpressVPN is doing, but I, I have practiced, I have tried it all over the world, and it works fine. In fact, uh, Lou Maresca, who's uh, one of our uh, hosts, just got back from Dubai, and he's, which is close to Kuwait. It's in the Middle right. East. He said ExpressVPN worked fine. So I have watched Japanese anime on ExpressVPN by by VPNing to Japan, watching Netflix in Japan, and it worked fine. In fact, it was fa- so fast I forgot that I left it on. I just left it on all day. So I, I was working in Japan. So they have a free trial, as most of these guys do. I would just suggest to him, try ExpressVPN. And, again, they're a sponsor, so disclaimer there. But if right. that doesn't work fast enough for him, there's a, many others. There's TunnelBear. There's a variety of VPNs and he should just try them until he finds one that works well in Kuwait.
3: I will let him know past his information. I I, uh, I really appreciate.
2: You're very welcome and I appreciate what your son's doing and it's a sacrifice for you too. So I I know as a parent. So thank you. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thank you, Leo. All right, take care. Take- yeah, it's um so you might say in the terms of service no VPN. In in the past VPNs have been blocked. You know, if they figure out you're on a VPN uh, they'll block you. But figuring out you're on a VPN is an imperfect science at best because there's no, like, fingerprint. They just look at the IP addresses you're coming from and say, oh, yeah, that one's owned, owned by, you know, Nord or Express or whatever, and they, they'll they block it. I think that that's kind of calmed down. I used to hear about that a lot, and I don't hear about it a- anymore. And ExpressVPN specifically says, says on their website, you can use this to watch Netflix and, you know, and so forth. So I'm. I don't know if the companies have just said, "Well, as long as they're a subscriber, I, I mean, you're paying. For, it's not like you're getting it for free. You're paying for it. Uh, you just, you're just in a different country temporarily." So, Lou says uh, he was able to do it. He he, he does says sometimes there's a little a little hoop you might have to jump through, something called bearer access tokens. Sam's coming up. Our car guy. Hey, Leo. I, hey, how are you, Sam? Doing all right. What are you What are you sitting in front of there? What is that?
0: This is uh, This is a rendering of uh, an interior concept uh, from a supplier called Forcia. I uh, went to uh, their innovate one of their innovation days uh, earlier this week, and they had some interesting stuff that they're doing with. Well, they've got a lot of interesting stuff, but I wanted to talk about uh, sound bubbles. All right, and what they're doing with that. I'm in a sound bubble. Yeah, I I am so glad that as I
2: become aged. Uh, I won't have to drive a car in the future. My poor mom, you know, when she reached about 75 or maybe 80, I guess it was about 75, she, you know, sold her car and said, well, I'm just going to have to, fortunately, you know, take taxis everywhere. Fortunately, Uber is now much more common so that you don't have to drive. And I think autonomous vehicles are going to really be a great thing for us old folk.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's probably going to take longer to get to areas like Petaluma um just because you know it's less densely populated right, and right. so making the business case for that is going to be a lot harder um uh, but we'll oh, uh, the get city. there eventually yeah i was uh, we were driving
2: to san francisco on uh friday it's a horrific wreck just awful and uh, right right in front of us and uh it just made i just think i hate to drive. And then a friend a friend of ours uh, got in a big collision with a truck and his car did not fare so well nor did he, but he's all right. But he's had to have a lot of surgeries and it's just it makes you think this is so dangerous to drive. We forget about that. We talk about coronavirus. Yeah, well, we, we forget about it because most of the time.
0: And- <laughs> yeah I mean well we forget because most of the time we do it really well. You know, I mean the vast majority of the, the miles that we accumulate, we don't have any problems. And you know the the actual times when we crash are so infrequent. You know, we drive in the US, we drive 3.2 trillion miles a year. Wow. And on average, we you know, we, every we have a crash about every half a million miles, you know. So for for somebody that drives 15,000 miles a year, that's once every 30 years. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. You know, we have one one fatality for every 100 million miles traveled. Our son is so reluctant to get his license. Because he drives around with his mom and <laughs> goes, people are crazy. She says, yes. I uh, know. It was the same with my younger daughter. She didn't get her license until she was 20. Yeah, he's 17, and he's
2: – he's. I don't know how anxious he is. His friends are all starting to get licenses, though, so I think he's going to want one. Well, then, then he doesn't need one. He's, That's true. Although, yeah. we won't. His friend uh, <laughs> they're – they're all going to the beach today, and his friend said, I'll drive. And we said, no, we'll drive. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> it's time to talk automobiles with Sam Abul Samid. He's a principal researcher at Navigant Research. Podcast is Wheelbearings at wheelbearings.media. He joins us every week to talk cars. Hello, Sam Abul Samid. Hello,
0: Leo. How are you today? I am great. How are you? Well, the sun is shining. It's supposed to hit 41 degrees this afternoon, so pretty good. Is that Fahrenheit or Celsius? Well, Fahrenheit, thankfully. I, oh. I don't think I'd want it to be 41 degrees Celsius <laughs> oh, around here, you're in especially the, not in February.
2: Not in the Motor City, no. Yeah, no, no,
0: or anywhere else for that matter. I mean, 41 is pretty hot. <laughs> pretty
2: hot. hot. Yeah. Um, you are sitting in front of a car cockpit. A couple of things I notice immediately: there's no steering wheel.
0: Uh, there is, but it's it's receded back into the dashboard. Oh, uh, so
2: this is kind of like the Avenue a, Five steering wheel. It emerges yeah. and then doesn't do anything. You
0: just play with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I tried watching that show. My wife and I watched the first episode and it was so not funny that yeah. we just gave up on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: Anyway. It's too bad because
2: uh, I love I love all the players and I, and the, it's the guy who did
0: I know. V- wrote it, did Veep and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. And yeah, it was kind of sad. So anyway, um, I went to uh, an Innovation Days event uh, this week at uh, a supplier called Forcia. They're a French-based uh, company, and they have uh, an engineering facility here in Detroit. And uh, they they do a lot of different stuff. They do a lot of interior systems, seats, uh, exhaust systems. They're getting into doing battery packs. Um, and uh, among, This is an interesting thing. So
2: is this the case in uh, gas vehicles that there is – uh, there are a lot of these little guys around that supply parts that the big companies then use. Is that – or is this something that's uh, just started up at, thanks to autonomy and – in electric vehicles
0: yeah no I mean there, there's always been multiple tiers of suppliers in the industry so the the suppliers that do a lot of the integration and provide the parts directly to the car manufacturers they're known as tier 1 suppliers and then you've got tier 2 and tier 3 suppliers ah, okay. so you know for example uh, you know a company like Nvidia or Intel that makes chips you know they're big companies but in the auto industry they would be considered tier 2 suppliers because they don't sell those chips directly to the car makers ah. just, They sell them to a Bosch or an Aptiv or a Continental, who integrate it into a computer that they then supply to the car makers. Right. So it's it's a it's a a hierarchical system, and Fursia is is a tier one supplier. Uh, And so are they they, are they in any cars that I might know? Oh yeah, they're they're they supply a lot of different manufacturers.
2: Okay. Uh, not with yeah, this. I, I, not with this concept yet.
0: No. So this is this is some new stuff. Some of which they inherited uh, through an acquisition last year of Clarion. They bought Clarion's. Oh, I know Clarion division. Yeah, yeah. And you know they make audio systems. And yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, I got a demo at CES from Clarion of some really interesting technology that they were working on. You know, you you talked about speakers, and you know. Uh, Actually, packaging speakers into a car for an audio system is a, is a complicated process. Trying to find the right places for them and they're heavy, you know, trying to make space to, to package all that stuff in there and, you know, get the speaker cones and all that stuff. And what Clarion was developing was a system that doesn't require any speakers. And what they literally did was put actuators on the backside of various surfaces inside oh. the car. You know, so the dashboard and the seats, things like that, and actually use those surfaces as the, the 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 surface to move the air to create those sound waves. We saw something like that at CES. Uh, they were showing uh,
2: video screens or movie screens that are the speakers. They use the screen themselves. Yeah, I
0: think Sony speaker. showed something a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. like yeah. that. So because uh, any I surface that can you can get it. to vibrate, you can get to make sound. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, they showed us, um, and I wasn't allowed to take any pictures of it, but they showed us, um, they had a demo, a uh, Ford F-150 that we sat in, you know, to to demo this stuff. And it actually sounded really good, shockingly does it good. Does it, can you, I mean, can you tell they're vibrating? No, no, yeah. not at all, because no. they're, they're large surfaces. So, um, you know, you, you don't really notice the vibration at yeah, all. Yeah,
2: it was the way uh, with the screen,
0: just, too. I put my hand on
2: it. Because I thought, oh, well, I'll know that it's vibrating. Won't that be weird with the picture? But no, you can't tell.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the cool things about this is, you know, because you can put these little actuators all over the place, you can embed them in your seats, for example, in various areas in your seat, in the headrest, and the seat back. And, you know, so like in the seat back, for example, you could put in your, your base actuators uh, and, you know, get that vibration to give you that, that base feeling um, and then have various other ones around the seat. And you can create a sound bubble around individual occupants in the cabin, so diff, you know different passengers in the car could be listening to entirely different things without really disturbing each other, which is pretty amazing. You um, know what this is, and this we've seen this in the. Photography—they call it computational photography,
2: where you know a camera phone doesn't have a great lens, but you're able to take the data and turn it into a great picture. And now we're seeing it more and more with audio it's headphones that give you surround sound. Right? Well, Apple sound. does
0: it with the, with the HomePod. Yeah, yeah, that's what the home pod is. A lot all of computer
2: simulation audio. of how the sounds are propagated, and they trick you into. So th- mm-hmm. that's really
0: interesting that
2: they put this in an automobile
0: yeah so this this will probably be coming in the in the next few years uh so I could listen
2: to, I could be sitting next to somebody out. and
0: listening to a different thing, yeah, and they wouldn't and, hear and and me, and I did. wouldn't hear them yeah because it because it's all enclosed around you um you know right you know and pointed right at you not physically though it's and, just a it's a invisible right. bubble of sound, yeah, yeah if well, I stuck I mean, my head into my wife's headspace, would I hear her music uh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Weird. You know, and if you get close enough to each other, and one of the things they had in there was they had cameras mounted on the dashboard to monitor where you're sitting, or rather on the A-pillars, to monitor where you're sitting, you know, to help guide that sound. You know, so if you move around or if you recline, the other thing you can do, you know, is based on, you know, it it takes a look at you and figures out, you know, where you are, and it can do automatic seat adjustments, you know, based on how tall you are, how short or whatever. So there's all, all kinds of interesting things that they're doing with this. They also had uh, uh, an in-vehicle wellness system. So they had they put little pressure pads in the footwell, and it can guide you through. You know, this this could be for you know if you're in an autonomous vehicle, uh, guide you through some little exercises. You know, oh, geez, you can no, I don't move, your, that. move your feet around. <laughs> you know, and, and do little, um, you know, exercises. Exercise. But what do they work work out your legs? What are they nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I you
2: know who's going to use this technology. Remember we saw Delta at CES had uh, airport screens that would be different depending on who's looking at it and somehow doing the same kind of thing. It's only a matter of time before advertising uses this. As you're walking down the street, you enter a sound bubble and you get an ad and then you walk yeah. through it. Or maybe, you, you know, as in like Blade Runner, you'd even see a, an ad that's dedicated to you. As you walk by, that's just a matter yeah, of time. Yeah,
0: and, you know, if you're, and if you're riding in a shared autonomous shuttle, um, you know, with maybe two or three other people, you could each be listening to your own thing without disturbing the others around you. I kind of think, I kind, you
2: know, one of my favorite memories is going on a road trip with the kids and we all listened to uh, the same novel, the same young adult novel together. And I thought that was a great experience. So there is something about com- communality that's kind of cool, but well, then yeah, again, and, and, you,
0: know, the, you can do that too. You <clears> have I had the to listen to my
2: son's to rap that. music all the way to high school every morning. That was kind of a bummer. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe we could have used it
0: then. <laughs> is this, uh, how, how theoretical is this? Is this going to come to uh, cars? This is probably, uh, like probably, like the, you know, another generation of vehicles out. So probably about two to four years out from production. Okay, Just so a maybe in of time. the twenty three. Twenty two, twenty-three time frame. Nice. We'll all be so in our own be- little bubble,
2: as we already practically are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sam Abul Sam at Principal Researcher at Navigant. He's also a great podcaster. Listen to his wheelbearings show. It's at wheelbearings.media. And he joins us every week to talk cars. Thank you, Sam.
0: Thank you, Leo. <clears throat>
1: uh...
2: Pretty soon they'll have seats that move, spray you in the face, (laughs) they smell a vision in the car. I'm not sure I like the idea of everybody. I guess they're going to do it anyway. I mean, now everybody listens to their own headphones. You you can't even talk to your kids because they can't hear you because they get the headphones
0: in. You have to go. Well, some, hey, sometimes that's hey. you know. I mean, you've you've been on road trips with your kids. You know, I'm sure you know there there are times when that's not such a bad thing. It was thing. cool when we were all we all
2: listened to uh, Bud Not Buddy, I think, and it was or Holes or something like that. It was really because you could talk about it. It was a communal experience. We're getting away from that in the world. We don't watch. We yeah. don't all watch the same TV show. It's not like my day where we'd gather around the the radio, listen to, listen to Mister Roosevelt's fireside chats. Not not
0: like my day. Uh, one thing I, f- I didn't get a chance to uh, mention that I wanted to bring up um, next s- next Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be uh, a judge at uh, First Robotics Competition oh. in Southfield, Michigan at Southfield oh, High School. First is so cool. Um, That's great. Yeah, I, I did it. I've done it before. And so I'll be doing it again uh, next week uh, and then uh, next month or sorry, in April uh, for the World Championships as well. So this oh. is a regional competition and then oh, the World man. Championships in Detroit. Well, let's talk nah. about it next week. That's great. Yeah. Well, that'll next week. Uh, yeah, we can it'll talk be about over, it but week. you can talk about. But the if yeah, but if you know, experience. if anybody is going to be there, you know, uh, and you know, wants to just you know say hi, I'll I'll be around. You know, nice. Just for me. Nice. So. Oh, I should mention our fide sponsor for the show. The podcast is
2: LastPass. You know me. I love my LastPass. They they named our studio. That's how much we love LastPass. We're at the Twit LastPass studios. Why do I recommend LastPass? I've been recommending them for 10 years. I started using them a decade ago when they first came out. I remember it was about five or six years ago. I was telling Steve, you got to use LastPass. Steve called them, talked to the creator of LastPass, Joe Segrist. Joe said, let me show you what I'm doing, Steve, and why uh, we're the best. And Steve said, yeah, Yeah, he's our security guy. He gave it two thumbs up. He uses it still. We love it so much. We use LastPass here at work as well as at home. They have LastPass Premium for individuals. I use LastPass Families at home because it's great. I can share passwords with my wife. I can designate her as my emergency account. If something happens to me, she'll have access to my passwords. That'll be nice for settling my estate, all of that. Um, And then there's LastPass Enterprise, and that's what we use at business. And there's a really important reason to use LastPass at business. They just, uh, there was just a study came out. It's the Global Password Security Report. They, uh, they were studying trends in credential management and access and authentication in business. And what they found is that on average, your employees, my employees, people's employees use the same password over and over and over again, on average 13 times. So now I want you to kind of think about this. So that means when they're logging into your bank account, same password. They're logging into your database, same password. When they're logging into QuickBooks, same password. They've got – your employees have the keys to the kingdom, and when they set up their account, they use the same password. Why is that bad? Well, because if anything gets breached, if they use the same password on Twitter, Facebook, and all of your stuff, and somebody gets breached, they've got all the logins, right? This happens all the time. People don't want to remember passwords. I don't blame them. So they use the same password over and over again. They often use a bad password to add insult to injury, monkey123 or your dog's name and your kid's birthday, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure, it's easy to remember, but that's not secure. When you're setting employees up, you want to make sure they're using good, long, strong passwords and they're not reusing them. That's why LastPass is so great. It generates long passwords no one could remember but that's why LastPass is there it it remembers them you only remember the one master password and LastPass gives you access to all the rest LastPass also has a great security review and I recommend you use it LastPass says there are 47,000 businesses using LastPass when they first set up almost all of them do the security review and that first security score on average 49% that's terrible that's not a passing grade that's an F F minus, that's a G. <laughs> uh, that's a Z. So that means usually when it's that low, it means a lot of reused passwords, right? But the nice thing about this security test, and I do this every few months, is it'll say, oh, these are weak or strong or or by the way, or have been found in a breach or you're reusing and they'll help you change all of those. So they help you get your security back up to 100%. That's what you want as an employer. LastPass also has lots of nice features like single sign-on over 1,200 applications. That's kind of nice because it makes it easy for your employees and more secure for you. They allow you to have all sorts of po- po- policies, We over 100 policies. We have, for instance, we require our employees to use two-factor. We require employees to, we have minimums for their passwords so they can't be using their birth date and their dog's name. Um, you know, uh, these things really help us be more secure. They've also got great passwordless authentication options, which employees love. They do more for multi-factor than just two-factor. For instance, they use geolocation and other techniques to really assure that, that's, that that employee logging into your bank account, that's really who is who they say it is. LastPass, of course, with all the LastPass versions, keeps your data secure by encrypting it. Even LastPass never gets the password, never can see your data. Your data is only decrypted on device, the device you're using. And by the way, every device, Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android. I, that's one of the reasons I use LastPass because it works everywhere I do. In fact, LastPass is always the first thing I install on any system. Because we use Enterprise, I can mer- I, not merge, but I can connect my personal account with my Enterprise account. So I log in LastPass once. I've got all the work passwords and all my personal passwords. Uh, and of course, I use two factor. I use a YubiKey, so I'm absolutely secure. And just so that you feel more confident, because you're given the keys to the kingdom to the LastPass, they engage trusted, world class, third party security firms on a regular basis to conduct routine audits and testing of their service and authentication, all that infrastructure, so you know they're safe, they're secure. You need LastPass for your life, for your business and amazing features that are going to improve security across your company, make life easier for you and your employees, you want to go to lastpass.com slash twit and find out how they can help you. Thank you, LastPass, for supporting the podcast. Thank you for supporting us by going to lastpass.com slash twit. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Sam is going to be uh, judging the first robotics competition, which is kind of cool, in uh, Detroit. On Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday this week, he wanted me to pass that along and say if anybody's going to be uh, in southeast Michigan at the regional FIRST Robotics regional contest at Southfield High, look for him. He'll be a judge. And then I guess he's going on to judge the nationals, too. So that's really cool. FIRST competition is a really great uh, thing for high schools, for young people, uh, to teach them the kind of the concepts and ideas of robotics. Firstinspires.org. On we go with the show. 8888 Ask Leo's the phone number. Myrna's in Twin Peaks, Ohio. Hello, Myrna. I'm sorry, California. 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 Hi, Myrna. Yes, sorry about that.
4: (laughs) I've been advised that Windows 10 has an embedded virus uh, controller, and I don't need NOD32. What's your comment?
2: This is highly controversial. And I'll tell you what I always say, and, and I'm the controversial one, because I say that's all you need. Uh, the, the Windows antivirus, which comes with Windows 10, and for older versions of Windows, you, you could download Microsoft Security Essentials. They call it Defender now. Is all you need, in my opinion. You don't need a third-party antivirus. Now, there are a number of people who have said to me many, many times, oh, Leo, don't let uh, people like Myrna uh, get in trouble. Well, Myrna, you're not going to get in trouble because you, you, the, the Windows Defender is going to do as good a job as any of antivirus, which is not all that good. Because <laughs> that's the real problem I have with antivirus programs. When you put an antivirus program on any computer, it does a couple of things. First of all, Anytime you add any program to a computer, you're opening potential security holes, right? If the computer, if the program has problems. And antiviruses are particularly vulnerable because in order to do their job, they have to operate at a system level, a very low level, which means if it's not well written or if there's a little bug that's slipped by their testing, you might be opening a door on your computer instead of closing one. And this has, in fact, happened with Symantec's Norton, with, uh, with, um, McAfee, many of the big names uh, have had problems that let in viruses. So that's problem number one. Problem number two, any third-party antivirus can slow the computer down. Microsoft's, because it comes from the operating system company, is so tightly integrated into Windows. And by the way, they do such a good job of sandboxing and all these fancy things that, that I think it is, it is as – anyway, you got it, so you can't disable it. So why add more burden to your system? But I don't think it's much of a burden. And finally, putting an antivirus on your system gives you a false sense of security. Not you, Myrna, because you're smart, but I think some people would say, oh, I got an antivirus, and then just go do whatever they want online. And that's the biggest risk. Here, let me, this is the most important thing for you to do, Myrna. Yes, you've got Defender, you're ready to go. You don't need a third party antivirus. Make sure, and I know you're doing this, you keep your system up to date. Microsoft will tell you, you know, every month, oh, time for an update. Run those updates as soon as you can. If something goes wrong, fix it, you know, or call me or, or let somebody know. Say, I, you know, there's something wrong with the computer here. I can't get my updates. Those updates are very important. And not just for the operating system, but for the browser, anything that goes online. And nowadays, modern browsers automatically update, so you don't have to think about it. And then the other thing you gotta be careful about. I'll give you one more thing. I'm sorry. I just want to finish my spiel here. I'm giving you the little fireside check. The one other thing you should worry about is clicking links. So you'll get links in email. You'll get links in messenger. You'll get links on Facebook. (laughs) Be very careful. If it says, "Oh, you got to download Flash now," don't. You know.
4: That was my next question. I have coming onto my screen periodically pieces of. Comes in the lower left-hand or right-hand corner. How is the safe way to acquire updates in Defender?
2: That's a great question. So uh, I would say, um, some the problem is this is kind of a tricky answer because some of those are legit, some of them are not. So. I would say the safest thing, for instance, if you get a pop-up saying you need to get uh, you need to update Flash, click this link. Don't. Yes. You go to uh, f- Adobe.com and you get it from them directly. You, if you enter it into your browser and get it directly, you know you're getting the real Flash, not some bogus Flash. So I'd say in general, if you see those pop-ups, you could actually go there and and download it. Now. Um, it's a little trickier because, you know, a lot of times, and you've got to really watch out for these. You'll see a pop-up that says, this is Microsoft Windows. <laughs> it's not. Call this number. You've got a virus. It's not. That's <laughs> that's a scam. And you know that. I'm glad, to see, I'm glad to hear you know it. So those are the things you want to stay away from. If you're updating regularly, and, you know, the easiest thing to do on Windows is uh, is go to Windows Update. It's in the control panel. It's in the settings. And go to Windows Update and run it every once in a while. It will update the Defender.
5: That's what I wanted to do.
2: That's it. Yep.
4: All right. Thank you much.
2: Myrna, I'm so glad you asked. You obviously know what you're doing. You don't need yeah. Nod32. I, You know, not 32 is fine, but you don't need it. You've got something.
4: It's renewal time, so I right. need the answer now.
2: Right. You know these companies that you get your computer from, they make money. On these trial wares that they come they come with the computer uh and they make money on it, and then they hope you renew and they make more money on it it 's a way of uh, these computer companies for making a little extra on the side. They are very reluctant to ship a computer that doesn 't have all that's the part of windows lately yeah
4: i actually had them ruin a whole upset update program, so i've stayed away from learned
1: good. <laughs> you, you,
2: you're a wise woman. That's great, Myrna. I really appreciate you. your, your, your taking care of yourself. That's great. Thank you much. Thank you, Myrna. I appreciate it. I, this is controversial. A lot of people say, oh, no, Leo, you got to have an antivirus. How could you not have an antivirus? Well, Windows 10, you have one. And it, and then they say, well, it's not as good as uh, my favorite antivirus. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And the problem is no antivirus is that good. They No antivirus, I don't care who you like is better than 50 or 60% accurate. That means, you know, a third to half of all the viruses out there are just going to go right through. So, it's a false sense of protection. And it adds some problems. I like it that Microsoft finally said, "Okay, you know, <laughs> we kind of created the problem, so we're we're going to solve the problem. We're going to we're going to uh we're going to put an antivirus that's going to come with Windows." That was the right thing to do. And now that they do it, you don't need a third party Microsoft's not going to say that because they don't want to get all these other companies mad at them. I'll say it. You don't need an antivirus. And where you really don't need it is on your phone. Uh, All these companies sell phone versions. You really don't need that. Just don't even – that's a waste. Waste of money, waste of time, waste of resources. Backup is a big part of, I think, of uh, of your preparing for the worst. And I see so many, you know, ransomware stories, and I just think, well, don't they have offline, you know, backup somewhere? Don't they, don't they have? How could they be bit by this stuff? Are they so incompetent that, they, that their IT department didn't back up their data? I guess not. I don't understand it. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo. Website TechGuyLabs.com. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Well, hey, hey, hey. How are you today, Leo Laporte? The tech guy. Time to talk about computers, the internet, home theater, digital photography, smartphones, smart watches. <clears throat> 8888 ask uh, Leo is the phone number if you want to talk high tech with me. I'd love to talk high tech with you. 888-827-5536. Mark's in Winnetka, California. Hello, Mark. Hello. Welcome.
3: Well, thank you for having me. Um, my thing is, is I uh, do a lot of long-distance bicycling, and I have to run apps that usually just suck up the power like crazy. Uh, I got, uh, some years ago, a Yoda phone, Yoda 2. Now I have the Model 3. The oh, my Yoda God. 3.
2: You're the one who got that, huh? I love it, baby. I'm <laughs> telling you. Uh, it has a e ink screen, so it's a very low power drain. Yes, sir. It has
3: the E ink on one side and a regular screen on the other. I know it's manu I know it's designed in Russia and built in China, which kinda gives me a Huawei woollies, you know what I mean?
2: But I am just I Well, just everything's made in China now, although design in Russia made in China does sound like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah, I
3: call it a Putin phone. Yeah. But but the thing is is uh I spend four or five hours in the saddle, so I need something that drains very little, and it does that. I'll come back after four or five hours, and I'll have, you know, 89% or something like that of battery. It's it's wonderful, but I have not been able to turn on with this new Yoda 3 my data. Now, I don't do a lot of it. I'm kind of a 65-year-old guy now, and—
2: uh, God, you I, sound uh, very fit. It must be all that long-distance cycling.
3: No, sir. It's the Marine Corps. Oh,
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, uh, I can't figure out for the life of me, and their their after-sales service is, is just abysmal. But I've looked everywhere, and I just, you know, I, I have the... I try to turn the bloody thing on, and I can't do it. You know, I, very occasionally, I want gas buddy, or I want uh, an occasional
2: mask. So if you open up the Yotta phone, because, you know, the e-ink is, as you know, it's on it's on a separate screen. If you then go to the other screen, you, you still don't have data?
3: Well, what I... I just I'm not able to turn the feature on at all. That's the whole Oh, thing. That's, that's interesting. Quandary. Uh but I have Who's the, the k- who's your technology
2: carrier? Technology. Who do you who do you use it with?
3: Uh I'm very happy with a consumer cellular. Okay. It it more than meets my needs. Do you have
2: and, data normally or you just never have data?
3: It's included with the, the the text part of the package. You know, you get so many calls at one point or And then you also get data to a certain amount. It's a minimal amount. My kids laugh when I tell them it's like like 500 meg or something.
2: Okay, Boomer. Okay. I use a phone phone for talking. I do text. But uh, you you give a perfect example. Gas Buddy, that's a perfect example, you know? Yes, sir. It's, It's wonderful. There's times when you do want data on the road. Maps are another good example.
3: Yeah, and I'm not sending rubbish back and forth. I'm not looking at uh, uh, you know broadcasts of you know anime or whatever it is. But I I have the screen open on the setting, and I'm looking at about phone. And if there's something that you can guide me with, it I'd isn't
2: in about thing. phone. It's um, it's a little higher up. It's in the cellular settings. You want to make yeah, sure I have
3: these settings here, so in case you had some questions.
2: Yeah, but it, no, I don't need to know more anyway. about the phone. I'm By the way, I got bad news for you. They went bankrupt. Oh, Lord! You have the last yada phone uh, well, uh, I, better I better talk to vladimir then yeah, well, they you know what happened is they got sued by the manufacturer in Singapore because they wouldn't take delivery for the I guess they didn't sell enough, and uh, uh yeah. they sued him they couldn't the, the the Singapore company couldn't get the money. They basically just, you know, it just...
3: There, there is one other that I'm aware of. I think it's called High tense yeah. in the brand Or something, and I don't yeah.
2: know... Yeah, so e-ink, the beauty of e-ink, the reason it's a good thing for a long battery life is you don't update the screen in between changes. So it wouldn't save you much if you had an e-ink screen that had a, a clock moving on it. But most of the yes. time, and that's why the Kindle uses it, most of the time you're looking at a static page, and it's only on the Kindle when you turn the page that it uses any juice at all. Kindle gets well, days mine runs, of Well, runs,
3: and I have an odometer, speedometer on it. Really? really? Well, I don't know if you're getting
2: any benefit from it then. I think awesome. it's time to look at a longer-lived uh, normal phone. You're not going to be able to get another Yotta phone anyway. Okay.
3: Um, The Yoda, Yoda, though, is there any way of turning on the data portion?
2: Well, there should be. If it's a normal Android device, uh, you go to the cellular section. And uh, and you can check to see if it's got data turned on. A lot of times it's a configuration issue. There's something called an APN, the access point information.
6: And I've that, been trying
3: to find that. I've had uh, you know uh, phone geeks that tell me all about it. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I Tried to. It, it just doesn't work. I, so I
2: right at it. the top, I don't know uh, how you, whether Yoda's changed the Android settings or not, but right at the top of the normal Android settings, you'll see. Uh, uh, network and internet, and you want to look at uh, the mobile network portion. You see who the no- mobile network is, make sure it says your provider. It may be, as you're bicycling, you've gone out of range of the cell sites, in which case you wouldn't be able to get any data. I can't do it at home. Eat, yeah, okay. So make sure mobile data that. is turned on. Uh, you might want to turn on roaming as well. I, that Sometimes if you get out of range of... Your your main carrier, you could still use a secondary character as roaming. It'll show you your app data usage in there and all of that stuff. And then the APN is used uh, as – and that you can look up online for your carrier. You can say what are the APN settings, and you can, and you can uh, go into the APN settings if, if you need to and make sure that they're uh, properly
1: set up.
3: Well, they're, they're um, uh, consumer Cellular's uh, Tech support are great folks, but they haven't been able to find me an answer either. And I'm in you know either Woodland Hills area of Southern California, or I'm over in Santa Monica on the beach, and so I have plenty of uh, you know towers that I can tap into. So it's, you know I'm not. Well, out- if
2: you if if you Google. Consumer Cellular APN. You'll be able to get the APN settings. I can even tell you what they are. I just googled it myself. Yes. But uh, you know, it's, con- it's the APN name is Consumer Cellular. The APN is CC Data. But there's there's more to it. You need a an address. I guess they're using AT and T's towers, which actually is good. That's there's towers that are everywhere. Um, anyway, the, there there are online uh, places to get the settings if you just Google it. Uh, but but I, I, that may not be the issue. I mean, in normally what happens when you get a phone and you put in a SIM is, is they're configured automatically. I can't speak for Consumer Cellular. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. A lot of times they're what we call an MVNO. They're reselling their mobile virtual or network. AT&T or something? They're reselling AT&T. And yeah. some of these companies are great. And sometimes uh, the reason they're cheaper is they don't, well, you've already discovered, have great tech support. And it may be that they haven't got it configured exactly right. But I think, I've never heard any bad things in that regard about consumer cellular. So I'm sure they'd
3: like to sell me more data, but, you know, they're not the cheapest on data, I yeah, understand. Yeah, that's the I whole idea. Financials, I'm not, you know, I don't rent for
2: people. anything. Yeah, they're for people phone. like you who just don't yeah. need data. You want a phone. Although, honestly, it sounds like you're using more data than you think, but okay. So, again, it's it's not at the bottom. It's at the top, network and Internet. Inside there, there'll be mobile network. There'll be all the configuration information in there. Make sure mobile data is turned on, that roaming is turned on. You'll actually see how much data you've used. If it's zero, then you're right. You're not getting any mobile data.
3: But I'm it, in that screen right now, and it says SIM 1 and 0.0B uh, oh, data. Mobile yeah. Data. So,
2: so it's, not it's not using mobile not. data at all, and that confirms your, <laughs> your report. So yeah. is it turned on?
3: Uh, you know, I've had my geek kids try and help me with it, and we're in the same screens they were in. And they said, Dad, what are you doing getting this weird phone? Well, you know, I mean.
2: Well, it's, but it, you it, don't it's see different. a setting for mobile data?
3: I have it in front of me. I'm looking at the data usage screen right Do, now. Yeah,
2: no, don't go there. Above that, there should be a setting for mobile data. It, and oh, it needs Lord. to be turned on. It's in the very first page up there. Oh, mobile data usage... Uh, Above that, it should say mobile data. It should be turned uh, on.
3: Network manager, data saver. Turn that okay. off. <laughs> we, yeah, I don't need that. We right? don't need
2: to save data.
3: Yeah, so I'm fine with uh, Wi-Fi. It works, you know, splendidly for yeah, that. Yeah,
2: you have – all I'm saying is mobile data is turned off. You need to turn it back on. <laughs> if you've used zero bytes, that's because mobile data is turned off. I'm sorry Consumer Cellular is not giving you any support. I mean, that's something they should do. You, unless you didn't buy any mobile data, but if you've bought mobile data uh, and you're using and you've used zero bytes, that means it's not turned on. Go find out somewhere in there. There's a setting. Turn it on. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo's the phone number. Uh, High has an e-ink phone. That's interesting. There's no point in using e-ink though if you're updating the screen all the time, like with a you know odometer. Leo Laporte, The Tech Guy, 8888-ASK-LEO, uh, is my phone number, website, and uh, I mention this a lot because I want you to know about it, techguylabs.com. Not only because everything we talk about goes there, but if you're listening and you're saying, oh, I have consumer cellular, oh, I know what this problem is, I have a Yada phone, here's what you do, you can put that on the website, too. There's room for comments, and that would be much appreciated. So if you have a better idea, that's we're all in this together, right? I don't have all the answers that's obvious. So uh so get on the website. Now there's no sign up there's no charge to use the website. We do ask you to sign in with your Google, your Facebook or uh one of those uh to leave comments and that's just cuz we don't want spam. We're not we're not using that information. But uh other than that uh you know it's it's free and wide open and that's really the benefit of that website. It's always there after the show for you to get your answers. Gina's on the line from Venice, California. Hello Gina. Mm -mm. No, sorry, Gina, you're next. I pushed the wrong button. It's Kai from, get ready for this, Mallorca, Spain. Hi, Kai. Hi, Leo. Thanks for taking my call. Your English is perfect, Kai. Are you from the U.S.? Yeah, I'm from from the U.S. Uh, But are you vacationing in Mallorca, or does your family live there?
7: We we recently moved.
2: I'm so jealous. How's the weather in Mallorca right now?
7: Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Can yeah.
2: you see the ocean from where you are?
7: It's about two blocks down. Oh man,
2: I'm so jealous. Kai, appreciate this. Uh, are you going to go back to the states, or is this is this a permanent move?
7: Um, we're going back in se- September. Okay,
2: or? so it's a it's a station. You're stationed. You're position- stationed there temporarily. Yeah. Your mom or dad's in the service or the foreign service, something like that. Cool. Are you liking it? Yeah. You got, the good thing is you got computers to keep your company, right?
7: <laughs> yeah.
2: Tell me about your Raspberry Pi. Uh,
7: okay. So um, I have a Raspberry Pi 4. Nice. And what I'm, I'm trying, I'm building a robot and coding with
2: python very nice and is your is your yeah. are your mom or your dad are they geeks yeah
7: my dad kind of but kind of. um
2: cuz yeah. i always say when a kid you're you're in uh, are you in middle school
7: i'm in 6th grade 6th Six,
2: grade okay i always say when a kid comes to you 6th grader comes to you and says i need a computer you should give them a Raspberry Pi because it's thirty-five dollars, and they're going to have to learn how computers work to use it. Are you learning? Yeah,
7: I've been. Yeah, I've been working with Raspberry Pis for like a year.
2: Nice. A this is a great way to learn, isn't it? You're. This is great. Do You like it? Are you enjoying it?
7: Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Very and cool. I'm learning. Pi. Python, too, now I know. Python
2: is a great programming language to learn. How do you feel? Are you you getting comfortable with it?
7: Oh, yeah. What I've recently finished programming, I'm going to keep updating it, is um, a voice assistant like (laughs) Siri or Google.
2: (laughs) You wrote your own voice assistant. (laughs) Nice. Nice, Kai. What's the name of your voice assistant?
7: I, I... Lola? Lola. The name right nice.
2: now. Lola's good. Do you have to say, hey, Lola? Well,
7: not yet. I haven't.
2: You haven't programmed that, that part yet. yet, huh? Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Right
7: now, you can just tell the time, weather, and read off Wikipedia.
2: <laughs> That's really cool. Kai, well done. How fun is that? Isn't that fun?
1: Mm-hmm. That's neat. Yeah.
2: That's neat. So um, what can I help you with on your Raspberry Pi adventure?
7: So what I'm hoping to do with it is have it um, take video by, with face recognition and to track you and get a stabilized video and everything. So,
2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the future <laughs> right now, 12 years old, and uh, yeah, we got to do some face recognition here. Absolutely, I agree a hundred percent. So I am not uh, an expert uh, on this. There is a camera module for the Raspberry Pi. Do you have that?
7: No, right now I just
2: have a webcam. So I am seeing if you had any. Ah, okay. So uh, there is a connector um, that, yeah. and and uh, the camera module. Uh, and I'm looking at it right now. It looks like it's really just a camera. So really, because you've got a camera module port on the Raspberry Pi logic board, what you have to do is yeah. figure out, and I'm sure somewhere there's a schematic for this, what the pins are on that port, and then you'll need to get some sort of way to take the existing camera you've got and get that data out. Most cameras are USB, right?
7: Yeah, that's the one I have right yeah. now, except it's really bad.
2: So, USB is a little different than the camera module port, I think. The camera it module port really, on the. Go ahead. It doesn't
7: really work that well with Python either.
2: Yeah. So, um, that's this is going to be a research project for you because I'm not sure off the top of my head. You do have re- USB ports on the Raspberry Pi. You'd need, I'm going to yeah. guess there's going to be a library for Python that you would need that is for the camera. Yeah input right so you need a camera library
7: yeah yeah i've used one of the modules before
2: okay so okay
7: that was on an old, old pi0 but
2: oh i'm glad um, you got a, a 4 now you you're living large
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah so there's even a library for face detection um for um it's called shunya face s h u n y a Face And it's on GitHub. So um, you can also go to org for their website. And they have examples, sample code, and so forth. It's not, unfortunately, it's not in Python. It's in C++. But if you know Python, I bet you you can look at that C++ yeah. code and figure it out. Or use Python to interface to the library. I, Kai, I salute you. You are the future. Well done, Kai. Have fun. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. That is just awesome. That is just awesome. Um, is your dad uh, a submariner? Is he in submarines? No. No. He's in the service? No. No? Just likes to travel?
7: Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a tour guide for a long time. Oh, neat.
2: Palma de Mallorca is supposed to be gorgeous. I've never been there, but I hear it's a very—you know—it's a resort area. You're in a very nice area. Do you speak Spanish?
7: Yeah.
2: So do you do you speak Castilian?
7: Yeah. yeah. L- luckily, i I learned I learned Spanish in my old school back in the U.S. Oh, uh, it was a Spanish program.
2: Nice. So, how was it when you got to Mallorca? Were you able to speak pretty well?
7: Yeah,
2: except, you know, there's also Catalan here. Oh, they speak Wait, Catalan. Oh, I thought they and spoke Castilian. The
7: primary
2: language. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was in Catalonia. So that's, uh, yeah, that's a very different language, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, fun. Do you get to go to Barcelona every once in a while? Oh, on, no. I'm on, on, on the yet. mainland. No? Oh, man. <gasps> I'm going to come visit you and help you with your camera module, okay? I'll be right there. <laughs> I'd love to go there. How fun! How fun! You are going to have uh, you are going to have a great time. So, yeah, I think this is one of those things where you just got to do some research. How, do you know about the site Instructables? Yeah,
7: I think I've yeah.
2: Look at Instructables because they have uh, a whole article on using a camera module with a Raspberry Pi. And they'll they'll have some, you know, it's really just going to be a library. The library is going to do the heavy lifting for the interface. And I think you're probably just not going to use the camera module port but use the USB port since it's a USB camera. And that will still send the data in. And you just have to have something that can read that port, understand it, and pass it along to your program. Yeah. That makes sense, if right?
1: I
7: was, if I was going to use the C++ camera, I'd have to download a...
2: Yeah, go to this shunyaos.org and look at it. Um probably there's a binary blob for Raspberry Pi with an interface that you can use. You know, you can call C++ from from Python. And so there'll be an interface and oh. and likely it'll have I don't know, but I would guess it's going to have some sort of API so that you can think of it as just like a, a black box that accepts messages and sends responses. And so you're going to need to figure out what the messages are you send to that black box. And then you're going to get on a certain port, you're going to get those responses back and you can read them. Nowadays, those responses are often in JSON or, you know, in XML format. You know about XML format yet? Uh, um, not really,
7: enough. Did
2: you teach yourself all of this? Pretty much,
7: yeah.
2: That's awesome. Kai, I'm really impressed. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's so fun. It's
7: really hard, too.
2: It's really hard. Have you tried programming Pi- uh, Minecraft with Python? Yeah. Isn't um, that, it, there's a great book on that. It's really fun. You can build yeah. dynamite bridges and then set them off. And do all, you can have a, a <laughs> program that builds just your perfect castle just with one command. I just love that.
1: Yeah.
2: It's fun. Well, you're on the right track. I think this is wonderful. Are you going to school in Palma? I mean, Mallorca? Yeah. Is it an American school or a Spanish school?
7: It's uh, public.
2: And so they don't, it's, they know, semi- it's all in
7: Spanish?
2: Is it in English or in uh, Catal- Catalun- Catalonia?
7: Well, it's 60% Catalan, and then the rest is half English, half Spanish.
2: You know, I just read an article that said if you know more than one language, you're less likely to go senile. So keep up the good work. Yeah. All right, Kai, I got to run. Nice to all talk right. to you. Bye-bye. It's time for our photo guy, Chris Markwart from DiscoverTheTopFloor dot com. I give you Chris Markwart, who is in Siberia right now. Lake doesn't ba- look like it, does it? No, we, <laughs> we, we pre-recorded this one because uh, you're headed up to
6: Lake Baikal. What is what? Yes. It's is it the largest freshwater body uh, in the it world? It is the largest liquid freshwater body. I think it, it holds like 20% of the freshwater of the world that's not frozen. And well, the, the top is frozen. We'll be in in, uh, in jeeps going over the lake and uh, visiting areas oh, around man. it and taking photos of abstract shapes of, of ice. Sh- ice shards, like 10 foot high ice shards that have been flipped up by the wind and uh, it's it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a wonderland. How it's fun. wonderful there.
2: How fun. You can find out about future uh, expeditions. I imagine you'll be going back to Lake Baikal as soon as it's cold again uh, next year. I want to. <laughs> 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 discover the com. <top> <laughs> <laughs> all of Chris's workshops. But you didn't want – I like your commitment. You didn't want to leave us without a little something to do, a little assignment, so give us our mini assignment for the week.
6: Well, yeah, and and those are because, I mean, we do this once a month assignment that runs for about four weeks and people participate and they love doing it and then they're kind of like, and now, (laughs) what else is there? So um, a while ago, a few weeks ago, I started doing these little, I call them ABC assignments and the reason is because there are like three little assignments. One starts with the letter A, one starts with the letter B, and one with the letter C. And these ABC assignments um, are about, well, abstract. That's the first one. Abstract. abstract. I mean, abstract. You know, a lot, a lot of our photos are of like people, architecture, landscapes, these kind of things. But how about you spend an entire day or... Just an hour of of uh, looking for abstract things shapes forms, colors, these kind of things so um, you should should it not be if I look at the picture identifiable what it is that's the that 's the the idea and you know there 's so much use for these pictures i mean you could just make it a beautiful abstract print for your wall or use it as a, as a desktop background or even print them on on wrapping paper i know I know a guy who takes a lot of abstract photography and then he sells them to a company that makes them into bed covers. So there's like an amazing amount of uh, (laughs) places where you can use abstract art. So that's definitely something that's worth looking into. The second one. B. B as in background, because today... We all take photos all the time but it's so easy to not put any attention on the background when you take a picture. The background is that that's behind the thing that you're shooting. And this could be a distraction. This could be... This could complement your subject in the photo. So the assignment here is spend some time taking pictures where you put really good attention on the background and how it interacts with the subject. This could be something that's just like a neutral background so the subject gets all the attention in the shot or it could be a background that complements the subject, maybe in color or maybe in shape. You could have a a frame in the background that frames your subject. You could have a background that, that distracts slightly but then in a way that makes you come back to the subject because it has certain lines. There are so many different ways and it's easy to do that because... Um, When you take a photo of something, just take a minute and kind of move left and right. Try to move a bit around it because that will change the background. And this way you can kind of scout out a different background. Try the same subject with different backgrounds. So that's the B, B, the background. And the last one is C as in contrast. That's... Oh, boy. Contrast is essential for photography. You know, everything you see, you only see because there's contrast. Contrast means there are differences in, for example, brightness. If you have a subject in the foreground that is dark... Um, if you have a dark background, there's not a lot of contrast, so it's hard to see. But if you have a bright background, that means there's a lot of contrast between form and background and then it's easy to spot. So that's, that's one of the part, one part of this exercise is a contrast in brightness. So the foreground, your subject is, but stands out more. Um, this could also be a color contrast. You have a green subject, maybe look for a red background, hmm. or vice versa, or a blue subject, look for a yellow background. Increase that contrast, or do the opposite. Do not put a lot of contrast. Maybe you have the same color, and then it's kind of more tone in tone. Um, but then. Here's the interesting thing contrast can be more. It could be, for example, in, t- in terms of what you take pictures of, the content of it, something oh. small versus something big. You ah. know, there's a contrast, or something near versus something far, or sweet versus sour, or even put it on a meta level go for good versus bad, these kind of things. So, contrast is everywhere and it makes things be more noticeable and it uh, ends ends up being a good story very often so i love abstract this. background and contrast, and again, bonus points if you combine the three. <laughs> that's kind of the hard one. Um, there is a place There's on no our. There's no background Flickr in an group.
2: abstract.
6: <laughs> it, probably not. Yeah. But we we have this Flickr group where we do the monthly assignments that we talk about here on the show, where I pick three photos. And these we don't do this with these little ABC assignments, but um, there is a place in. The Flickr group, where you can post your photos, where you can discuss them, and kind of, yeah, just advance your photography by, by, by showing your photography to others and getting some feedback.
2: One good thing about the Tech Guy group, though, Renee Silverman, our moderator, does often uh, provide additional weekly assignments in there. So uh, our current assignment, our monthly assignment from Chris is kitten. We're going through the alphabet. <laughs> this is K.
6: Uh, and, I'm, and I'm willing to extend that into slightly older kittens, so no, a young cat. <laughs> Kitties it or kittens. Well. Uh, but it's always fun. It's a chance for you to get uh,
2: featured on the, as you can see on the front page of the Tech Guy group. Join Flickr.com. It's free. It's wonderful. And uh, it's a great place to share those ABC assignments as well as our, uh, our monthly assignments. Flickr.com. Chris's website, of course, discoverthetopfloor.com. And some great images there. I hope we're going to see some Lake Baikal images as well. Uh, Oh, most definitely. Yeah, because you do some amazing stuff. Will you
6: put them on Discover the Top Floor or...? Uh, that will probably be on my Flickr page okay. because that's that's where I'm still uh, posting a lot of stuff. So that would be on Flickr.com/nubui. N U. Don't don't ask why. <laughs> N U B
2: U I, and that's uh, Chris Marquardt's uh, Flickr page. I'm Leo Laporte on uh, Flickr. We I love Flickr. We want to keep it alive. So everybody who can afford it should join as a pro. But it is free if you. If you want to use it for free, and it's a great phone. I
6: just I just site. extended for two years, so I got to do that too. I I, uh, I want to get in there. That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer yeah. for a platform yeah. of yeah. this value. We get a, we get a lot out of it. Chris, uh, have fun. Do you? What do you wear? Do you bundle up for uh, like bike call? Oh, mean, down, down jacket, big boots, and uh, big big gloves. How about with your Finger with little finger pieces that you can flip off, so you can use the camera. Do you have to the take will, precautions? The camera will be fine. Really, the camera. It's not,
1: will.
2: We'll be fine, yeah. I remember when I was thinking about going to Antarctica, we never made it, but I, I was a little concerned. It's not concerned. minus 40 there right now. You oh, know, okay. We're, we're okay. not quite that cold. Okay. So. It's not as cold as, as it sounds like. Siberia, just to me, Siberia,
6: January, just sounds, or February, sounds cold. In, just sounds cold. In summer, in summer you, you, you'll you get temperatures of, uh, in the 90s Yikes. in Siberia. Oh, wow. Yes, so it's a big swing. Thank you, Chris. Safe travels. We'll talk again Thank you next so week. you Take care. Discoverthetopfloor
2: dot com. Chris is always doing some amazing uh, traveling and adventures. And if you go to discoverthetopfloor dot com, you'll see he's going back to Icy Lofoten. He's going to Ethiopia next, Bhutan, the uh, Kyrgyz Republic, Cappadocia. Wow! I wish I would love to go on some of those trips with Chris. Become a better photographer. Discover the top floor.com. I'm Leo Laporte the tech guy. We're going to go back to the phones take more of your calls in just a moment 8888 Ask Leo. Express VPN is the VPN provider I use and I have to say you've heard throughout the show a lot of people talking about Express VPN. Lou was just saying he used it in Dubai to watch uh, what was it Netflix uh, from Dubai or Disney plus Express VPN. There are lots of VPN providers out there. What does a VPN do? It's a virtual private network. It protects you when you're on an open Wi-Fi access point by encrypting your traffic from your computer all the way out into the public Internet somewhere safe, an Express VPN server. But it also lets you choose what country you're coming out onto the Internet in, which means you can use any, you know, content regardless of geographic restrictions. Now, here's the most important thing when you're looking for a VPN express. And we don't say this on the radio show. It's a little complicated, but you'll understand because you're smart. You're a podcast listener. What you want is a VPN that doesn't log your data, doesn't keep track of what you're doing. Express VPN not only doesn't log your data, they can't. Now you may say, well, I've got this free VPN provider. I guarantee you they're using your data. They're selling it. They're injecting ads because they've got to pay for those servers somehow. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Express VPN's is a very reasonable $7 a month, and they don't log. They don't sell your data. They don't even have your data. Their trusted server technology means it's impossible for them to log any info. And this has been demonstrated with third-party audits. They audited the privacy policy. They audited trusted server. Audited trusted server. They said, yep, that's what they're doing. And, frankly... Law enforcement in other countries has seized ExpressVPN servers. No subpoena, no warrant. They just come get it. Useless. There's nothing on those servers. It's also the fastest. That means you can watch HD video even when you're on a a VPN, which is amazing. You can stream high-definition video with zero lag, and it's easy to use. I have the ExpressVPN uh, app on everything, on my phone, on my Mac, on my PC. You press one button. It selects the fastest, nearest server, but if you want, it's easy to select a server in another country. It just couldn't be easier. On and off. Tech Radar, The Verge, CNET, many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world, and there's good reason. They do it right. Protect yourself with the VPN I use, I trust. I've been looking for a long time. When I found ExpressVPN, I was very happy, to say the least. Go to ExpressVPN.com slash guy. You'll get an extra three months free on a year package. Express vpn.com slash tech guy thank you expressvpn for supporting the tech guy show and thank you all for supporting the show by using that url expressvpn.com slash tech guy get three extra months when you buy a year that's the best deal and it's a deal i use expressvpn.com slash tech guy leo laporte the tech guy, eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo. Gina has been very patient. Thank you, Gina, from Venice, California. Oh. Thank you for hanging on. I'm sorry it took so long to get to you. Um,
7: uh, any any time to wait for you is not a lot. Oh, so thank don't, you. Don't worry. Very kind. Um, I have a couple of quick questions while I was waiting. Um, the primary question I called about was why is my Mac uh, going to Blue screen. I have an iMac, and I get this um, blue screen, like the dreaded uh, mic-
2: Yeah, it's called a kernel panic on the Mac, yeah. yeah. Okay. Why is that
7: happening?
2: Uh, that's a f- So just as it was on the PC, when you get a screen uh-huh. like that, it means the computer just can't go on. It's so bad that the computer okay. can't recover in any way. Now, tell me, okay. is there any writing on the blue screen, or is it just no, it's
7: solid blue? But I, but I, if I you know wiggle the mouse, it'll go away. Um, oh, takes
2: takes time. So that so it's that's not related it to the blue it. screen of death. Then that's oh, that's a relief. That's this okay. is something I thought you were getting a kernel panic, which actually on the Mac is a gray or black screen. So okay. the blue screen. There. Are you getting a spinning uh, a spinning uh, beach ball or pinwheel on there?
7: When I do go to uh, like click on uh, a site, or I do get one, yes.
2: But but when you get that blue screen, do you see the pinwheel as well?
1: No, it's no. Just a,
2: just a it's solid a blue, blue screen, screen that just sits there. Yep. And then you said eventually you'll get access to your machine back.
7: Right. If I wiggle, yeah, it, it takes a while.
2: You know. So the first I,
7: well, a while is maybe. Five seconds. There
2: you okay. go. So. <laughs> so what that pro in most cases on a Mac what that means is you have a you have a USB drive or an external drive? Anything plugged into okay. the Mac? Oh, I have lots of stuff
7: plugged into the Mac, but yeah. it's not a drive, not an external drive. So
2: the first so except for the keyboard and the mouse and the monitor, anything else? Those could um, Okay. What else do you have attached there?
7: Uh, like
2: I have my scanner, I've got yeah. a scan snap okay and- so on the Mac, that blue screen often means and the, the way you're describing this is I think this is what's happening it's trying to talk to the one of those USB devices, and it's hung okay. up waiting to get to it, and it can't do okay. anything until then, so just the next time that happens, leave your keyboard mouse and monitor, obviously you'd need that, but unplug okay. the scan snap and any other things you have. Attached, okay. and and then see if it goes away. Because if that's the case, then it's those. And this is unfortunately sort of a problem with USB. Is uh, it can it can hang up the computer as the computer is trying to access it. Okay. So if if yeah. you figure out it's one of those devices, uh, and what I would do is what I would do is uh unplug them all right now and see if you get that blue screen. If it stops happening, how often would it happen? Every day, yeah. So you could you can take a day without those, right? Just unplug all of those yeah. devices. See if it stops happening. If it does, oh, good news! We know it's one of them. And then each okay. day, plug in only one at a time until. And, and if you don't get a blue screen for a day or two, then plug in the next one. Because what we want to do is, what's right. important to do is okay. figure out which of those things is causing this, because then you'll okay. go to the manufacturer's website and see yes. if they've got an updated driver for you. Got It's
7: like an elimination diet. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Okay. We're that's really good. We're going to do a USB elimination diet. That's exactly what we're <laughs> going to do. do I can do
7: that.
2: Actually, um, it's the opposite. Instead of eliminating, we're eliminating all of them and slowly readding. But that's what you do with an okay. elimination diet. Yeah, like a FODMAP. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know FODMAP. Oh sure, sure, sure. I have okay. friends who are who are doing it right now. And I have to say, what can you eat? What can you eat today? What? what? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. So put your put your Mac on a FOD map or a USB okay. map.
1: Yeah.
7: I I will do that. Um, my other quick question, I hope, is that uh, my husband has uh, developed uh, um, has uh, dementia. He's developed oh, I'm dementia. Oh, so I appreciate that, yeah. Leo, and uh, he's got something called. Primary progressive aphasia, so he's oh. n- not able to pull up words
1: yeah um, oh, how
2: frustrating for he, him that's got to be
7: it is very yeah what i'd like to what I would like to do is find him a very simple phone uh he He generally uses his phone to watch movies he's not a he doesn't play music he doesn't do games he doesn't uh he will text with his uh, family or make phone calls. But um, I'm wondering if there's like a, uh, an iPad that can...
2: You're, that's exactly what I'm going to suggest. The least expensive okay. iPad, which is $329, although you'll see it on sale from time to time for under $300, is perfect okay. for him because it's a nice size screen, much better than a phone to watch movies. And what he can do is put FaceTime on there, and he can right, make video right. calls. And I think for him, especially with his con- with aphasia, uh, aphasia, it might be nice if the people he's talking to can see him, because then they'll know, oh, he's struggling for the word. They can see his right. facial expression. It'll be right. the communication will be broader than just voice. And I think okay. that might be helpful for both him and the people he's talking to. He'll also okay. be able to text because it supports Apple's mes- iMessages. Um, I'm not sure if it will support, this is an interesting question. I've always had an iPhone and an iPad. I don't know if the iPad by itself will do messages. Does somebody in the chat room know that? I've never had it without an iPhone. Um, yeah, I've got an iPad. Yeah. Yeah, So do you have an iPhone as well? You must, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he could tie it to your account if he can't do it, but I'm pretty sure he can do it. He'll have an iCloud account. And so he won't have a phone number, but he'll have... His iCloud, you know, his Apple account, and people can message him on his Apple account. They won't be entering a phone number. They'll be entering, you know, uh, Gina's husband at com, and, uh,
1: and
2: they can message that. They can FaceTime him through that. So I guess, no, he doesn't need a phone. Uh, he would only need a phone if he wanted a phone number. But these days, you know, you don't really need a phone number to do. You could do audio calls, video calls, both with FaceTime. Uh, you, right. can, you can watch movies. You know what I just got? And I would if he likes old movies, I do. There is mm-hmm. a, a great uh, streaming channel called the Criterion Channel. Okay. And uh, it's I think four or five dollars a month. I can't remember. Maybe it's a little more expensive, but it's okay. got classic great old movies. And I think okay. if I were him, that's what I'd want to watch, right? It's, yeah. it's probably that's easier so for him easy. to watch older stuff, maybe he's even seen before, than a new movie, which might be confusing for him.
7: Very, very much so. Yeah. yeah. And and so uh, just, um, is there a model number? Or just look for the they, this,
2: the, the basic. It's very frustrating that Apple refuses to name it. It's just okay. the iPad. But it's the least expensive one. You'll know if it's around three hundred twenty-nine dollars. You'll know that that's it. Got it. Okay. And that's okay. all he needs, unless he needs a keyboard. It doesn't support the smart keyboard, but there's a keyboard on screen. He can certainly use that. Yeah, uh,
7: well, that's what the the his current phone
2: has. So yeah, it's, it's, it's basically normal. like his phone. It's just yeah. bigger, right? Okay. Yeah, that I think, really... boy, you put you put some, you know, Netflix or I think the Criterion Channel on your iPad. I would. I can't wait to retire and just spend all day watch. I, last night, my wife and I watched Seven Days in May from nineteen sixty four. Kirk Douglas and Burt Lancaster and Ava Gardner and man, we were just in heaven.
1: It was so yeah, much yeah. fun.
2: I think he'd enjoy See, that.
1: I,
7: yeah, I, I guess, yeah. I think that's a great suggestion. And then this question is just between you and me. Um, I I have. Um, Carbonite and you're advertising for the other one, is Carbonite just as good? Because I, I have that on your recommendation.
2: <laughs> it is. They. What happened with Carbonite, besides the fact that they stopped advertising... But I also am still good friends with those guys. They really stopped focusing on the consumer segment. They decided that the, the it was hard for them to make money with onesie, twosie consumers. So they focus okay. on the business segment right now. iDrive, when it's time to re-up, I would move to iDrive, to be honest with you. Uh, they still okay. want that consumer business. And one thing about Carbonite, they only back up one computer per account, Right. And if you have external drives or you have more than one computer, the nice thing about iDrive is the same thing, one account, but you can back them all up instead of
1: just one purse. So
2: you keep Carbonite for now. Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely not. But when it's time to re-up, maybe you've got to move to iDrive. Just between us. Don't tell... Whatever you do, don't tell the advertisers I said that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Gina. Leah, oh,
1: thank you so much. My pleasure. I really appreciate My it. My pleasure. Thank you.
2: Well, hey, 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 how are you today? Leo Laporte here, the tech guy. Time to talk computers, the internet, home theater, digital photography, smartphones, smart watches, 8888-ASK-LEO is the phone number. 8888-ASK-LEO. That's toll-free from anywhere in the U.S. or uh, Canada. Outside that area, you can still reach me. You just have to use Skype out or something like that. And it's toll-free, so it shouldn't cost you anything. eight 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 two seven five five three six Website where we put all the answers is techguylabs.com. So you can log in there. Actually, you don't have to log in. You just surf to there. There's no log in. There's no no fee or anything. It's wide open. Just go to com and you can look up answers to past questions. We also put all the audio and video from previous shows up there. So if you miss a show, you can get it there. TechGuyLabs.com. Tom is on the line from Keene, New Hampshire. Hello, Tom. Hello, Leo. How's it going
8: today? It's going great. Good. got some questions about LastPass. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, I'm busy in so and maybe the way voiceover reads things is different than how you're seeing it. I, mean, well, I hope so.
2: Yeah, I don't know. You know, I've heard from others that LastPass is not great for screen readers. Uh, yeah. I don't have any experience with it myself. In fact, uh, we had a, a, a listener uh, call in, and I, I connected him to LastPass. We, I really want to get them to work on accessibility because apparently that's not fantastic on LastPass. Yeah, because when
8: you tap on it, because it says you know, you're on the site the, in your vault, and then you tap on it, and it says launch site. On the iPhone, I tap on it, and nothing happens. The site doesn't open at all.
2: Is yeah. that supposed to happen? I don't. You know, I, <laughs> I just don't know. Um, you do it on the iPhone. Is that what? It well, what, what, uh, so when you're you're trying to get the password for a website or for an app,
8: I, I have it, I have one saved in my vault. I mm-hmm. did one a long time ago. I set it up to test it out. Yep. And then when you go in the vault, it says you know tap. And it says Dominoes dot com. Right. And then on the action
2: there says launch site. Okay. So, so what I it will normally. That. Yeah, so I don't work that way. That is one of the ways you can do it, and that's how my wife uses LastPass, which is to launch the site from within LastPass as as if it's a bookmark manager. I don't know how that works cuz I never do it that way. Yes, it's in the theory, in theory it's supposed to launch Safari, open up the site and automatically fill in the login. That's the theory, right? The reason I don't do that is I rarely have so that's dependent on you having the login page as the URL in LastPass. Okay. And it, normally that is the case because when you add, you know, a password, you're at the login page, and LastPass should right. memorize that link and memorize that. But I've just noticed it doesn't work that often. Right. So I don't normally uh, – honestly, I am so old-fashioned. I type in the address in the browser. Uh and then what will happen if it's got a login is last – I'll tap uh, – put either in yeah, – and this, I think password. for the visually impaired, this may not be easy. I'll click in the password field, and at that right. point, at the bottom of the There's screen, it'll say right – the A's. Yeah, it'll say, oh, password, and you can hit that. LastPass right. on my modern iPhone does face recognition. Right, mine does too. Yep, lets me say, oh, good, okay, and then it fills it in. Sometimes it's slow to fill it in. This is something I've noticed, and I'm sure it's an interaction between the browser and LastPass. But you can't assume it's filled in. And I don't. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm to go quick, so I know it's filling in. It okay, so it, you, you get a you get an audible indicator that it's filled in. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Okay.
8: Yeah, the other thing is, I was trying to edit the password. I was playing with dominoes, and the first time I did 64 characters. Yeah. And it won't let me do that too long. So then I went back down to the closest to 40 I could find. It was 38, I think. And then it still says it's wrong. So how do you edit it in LastPass, or do you edit it in the
2: in the? Just depends on, on how you're getting to it. If if it's filling in the Domino's password, right, it is. Yeah, then you want. You normally you'd want to edit in LastPass, but you've somehow got to communicate to to Domino's. Sometimes what sites do, and I don't know what Domino's does, but sometimes what sites do. Is truncated by, you know, just to be helpful, you enter mm-hmm. 64 characters. It says, well, I can't do more than 18, so I'm just going to only take the first 18.
8: Well, I brought I it down and it would have told me I could do it, so I changed it. Yeah, I it went on the, went into the password and I edited it in LastPass.
2: And it says, I, so when you edit it in LastPass, it, it, it doesn't I, change I, it at Domino's. you got to let Domino's know, too. Yeah, all right, so they do both. Yeah. not just edit it in LastPass. No, yeah, because LastPass has no way of telling Domino's, hey, you know, he changed That's his. I was wondering too. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Tom changed his password. Here it is. No, they don't okay. do that. I was wondering because maybe I need to do that first. Go into T- change office. it to Domino's and then uh, and, and then, then go to last and then go to LastPass. Pass. This I, uh, <sighs> you, I am. I admire your patience, Tom.
8: Um, I really want to be safe. You talk about it every week, and I want to do this. I want to get my wife safe. And I want to get everybody I know safe. I want to go to the YubiKey and I'm like, I don't want to pay for the last pass premium until I know. That I no, can you play shouldn't. Play playing back and forth.
2: You shouldn't. For, and and uh, I I, I, I admire all my uh, my blind listeners and friends because you are doing stuff that we just do so easily. You're really patient and dedicated and, and I admire your dedication. I just, I don't have a good answer for you. A, because I'm not. Uh, uh, blind myself, and so right. and even if I put on a blindfold, <laughs> it's not going to do you any good because you can't hear the speech. It's not, it's not yeah. the same, and and this right. is something. And I apologize, I'm not great in helping people know, with accessibility. To
1: to work.
8: Yeah, that was the big thing. Like maybe I, maybe I need to go later to the Domino's first. So you open up the Domino's site.
2: I would do that and then, and then change it. it. And once you've changed it, you know, and again, as a sighted person, this is easy. LastPass will then pop up and say, oh, you've changed it. Shall I store the new password? And you say yes. Right. Okay. That's the normal so, way I do it. Uh, I don't know what it would look like to you, though. From, from Keychain, right? There's to import Because right now, I have Keychain is my default. I, if I, Keychain I is keychain. probably preferable from an accessibility point of view. The only drawback, that's Apple's own yeah, technology. But he, it only works if you're on key on Apple devices everywhere, Mac. That's all I am, iOS. And and is there a reason you don't use Keychain? I do.
8: That's what I've been doing. But I want to get the longer, stronger, mm. harder to crack password, like you
2: talked about. Keychain will generate long, strong passwords for you. How? I've never seen that. Often. There's a generate. It's yeah. You know what? I don't think people know about it. Um, I don't know on that. iOS. Let me look on iOS. I don't know on iOS, but on the on the Macintosh. Uh, you launch Keychain Access, there is a menu entry for Generate Password, and it can be of any arbitrary length. It's very much like LastPass, and and, uh, and it will then store it. It's not as convenient, but it, but it is built into iOS, and I would bet the accessibility story is better. I don't know how you do it on iOS, though, because I don't know how you access Keychain on iOS. Uh, you go, I
8: tried that, went into it, and you can see, you know, you can say, you know, this is, you know, so the Amazon, the Domino's, and thirteen more, and then
2: you tap them, but you can't edit or see them from there. Yeah, You can't change them from there. Yeah, iOS may maybe limited on that. A generate, I've never seen it generate yeah. ever. Darn it! Apple's usually very very good. They are Most of the about accessibility.
8: Accessibility.
2: It looks to me like Keychain doesn't have a user interface for iOS. They expect you, if you're going to do any of that, to do it on a Mac.
8: Uh, see, I have a Mac. All I have is an iPhone. <laughs>
2: yeah. So that's not going to be an ideal situation.
8: No. So I'm going to go into last dozen, do each one individually, log
2: in, and then change it from yeah. Holy cow! I'm sorry. Hey, we had a we have a great listener. He's listening right now. I know Julian is saying, tell him, tell him about me. Tell him about yeah, I
8: me. Heard him. I heard him on your show.
2: You heard him? Okay.
8: Yeah, I heard him last week. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because tech, com Julian's right. website, Julian Vargas, right. he helps people. He's blind himself, and he helps uh, train people on exactly this, mobile assistive technology. Right. Um, send him an email, help at techjv.com, and see if he has a good answer for you. I give it a shot. And yes. I will continue to harass LastPass <laughs> and say, what can we do to help our blind uh, users to be able to use it better? Because it's a great technology. Everybody should use it. Uh, it's, I understand that it's a challenge for them because of the way they work, you know, the autofill and all of that stuff, but there's, there's gotta be some way to make this more accessible. And you know, it's for Apple too, they work really hard to improve accessibility on all of their stuff. It's very good, but it's never perfect. You can, you can always do better, right? Um, settings, passwords and accounts, autofill. Oh, you can do it from iOS. Eric Duckman has found it. So you go to settings. You go to the password section of settings. And uh, and you can then, let's see, passwords and... Uh, da, 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 da. Well, I'm a little puzzled now. I'm a little lost. But uh, he says you can do it. So let me see if I can figure that out. Go to passwords and accounts. And you go into autofill passwords No, no, no. I know about autofilling from Keychain. Okay. You you, you you misunderstood my... (laughs) Autofill is built into iOS these days. You can choose to autofill from Keychain, or you can choose to autofill from LastPass, or you can choose to autofill from both, or any other password manager. We still don't have a way to generate, as far as I know. I'm still working on a way to generate it. 8888-ASK-LEO. That's the number. Give me a ring. Let's talk high tech. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. 8888, ask Leo. Where are you from? Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Jeff's from. Hello, Jeff. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hey, Jeff. Hello, Leo. Welcome. I, I tell you, I feel,
5: um, I feel very inadequate after listening to that young person.
2: Oh, uh, Kai, wasn't he great from Spain? Spain. Wow.
5: He was doing really great to get chocolate-covered strawberries, <laughs> and he's talking about raspberries. So I,
2: <laughs> he, was really doing, he had just done his own voice assistant. Now he wanted to do his own face recognition. Guy's 12 years old. Stand back, world. Here comes Kai. Uh, what I'd
5: suggest Leo do is, is incorporate him in Leo Laporte's um, a uh, radio program.
2: I should make him my successor is what I should do, yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. do that. Isn't hey, it- listen, my, my biggest problem is, um, well, first of all, let me back up and say I had straight talk through uh, Walmart. Right. Um, and they had a, uh, and I don't know whether they didn't recognize it for a while or what, but I was able to get uh, a hotspot, and I was doing quite well with that. Nice, yeah. Uh, and, and all of a sudden it disappeared and it became very limited. And about that time, they also announced that they were going to the five, uh, five G and I needed to trade in my existing phone. Oh, and about that, about that time it, it changed and, uh, and my hotspot, uh, pretty much disintegrated. So I was watching television and I got, uh, hooked by a, a 55 through T-Mobile and, uh, Boy, they, they they brought me in hook, line, and sinker. And,
2: yeah, they have that well, senior plan, which is a great deal.
5: Well, they're advertising it again. But, oh, you think it's a great deal. That's what you think.
2: Oh, what is the catch?
5: Well, <clears throat> I went in there, and uh, they said, yeah, yeah, you can get two phones, two lines, total cost, $55 plus tax.
2: Sounds good. Two lines.
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it sounded great. And and they said I could get two new phones, no charge. So I signed up, and I got the two new phones, two lines. And because I'm also a professional Santa Claus, um, <laughs> I told them I needed a line up in the North Pole. They said, I don't have service up there.
2: So- Is that a year-round business or a seasonal
5: well, I've got over three dozen different Santa outfits. I've got oh one for every, as soon as I'm in the Southeast, I've got one for every SEC football team.
2: Oh, and you're I, a nut. That's awesome. Do you have a nice big I, full yes. white beard? And Oh, yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. how wonderful.
5: I belong, and I belong to the uh, International um, <laughs> Brotherhood of Real Bearded Santas. Do you go That's to cool. football college football games in your Santa outfit? I used to. I don't anymore because I've had some medical issues.
2: But oh, um, people must love seeing you coming. Oh man, in that Clemson yeah. orange, you probably look good. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Got, seeing as you said
5: that, now no, I'm at I'm at the University of Tennessee, and I have orange as well. Oh, all right. I've got, I've got orange and white, white and orange, orange and gray, <laughs> gray and orange. Uh, and then right around Christmas time, of course, I I have one in purple and orange. Uh, and I go visit Alzheimer's patients, oh, and, when I, and yep. when I come back from that, I put on one with white with curly pink fur and go <laughs> see cancer survivors.
2: Oh, you are uh, the best! And, what a, well, and you just know, do? This is a hobby for you. It 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 is a hobby,
5: really. Yeah, and uh, because I I wanted to uh, appeal to a bunch of alumni associations. I, I made one in all SEC teams, and then I've got a half a dozen ACC teams. And because there's so many duplications of colors, I was able to do some. Well, I'll give you an idea: if I do the University of Georgia's black with red fur, oh. and I change hats, and I've got the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, oh yeah,
2: you cover a you cover a bunch of
5: them. <laughs> yeah, and then I and and because uh, Tulane who used to be SEC, that's purple too, place. right? Well, no, that's that's cream and gold. Cream and gold, and because, okay. And all I have to do is get a cheese hat, and I've got the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and, and Vanderbilt is black and gold, and so I change uh, hats, and I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Forget Saint Nick; I, we got Saint Jeff
2: on the line here. That's awesome.
5: And that's then I've awesome. got uh, I've got one for the Boise uh, um, football team, and I've got one for the Oregon Ducks, and I've got a, you know I've got a, quite a few. And then I did the grand opening in three years up at Bass Pro locally, and I decided Johnny Morris, who owns that, I said, Johnny, I'm going to do something different. If you like it, I want you to do something for me. So I went and did three years as Camo claws. <laughs> you have a camo and, outfit, huh? <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got three uh, Santa outfits and Camo claws. now. Yeah. And so
2: before and, uh, we run out of time, I want to help you with your yeah. with your straight talk. Okay, here's my here's my
5: problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went to that T-Mobile program, and I got two two new phones, yep. two new lines, yep. and uh, it was supposed to be the cost of the the lines uh, was going to be just one fifty-five because I'm over fifty-five, right. well over fifty-five. Right. And and I uh, I got it, and they said that I would get unlimited uh, talk, text, data, and thirty gigs of ho- uh, hotspot. So I need it because I've had some medical issues. Hotspot's great. It means
2: you can okay. use your phone as your as your wireless access.
5: Well, that's what I wanted, and that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, and I and I also bought into several things that you advertised.
2: Epsom, but you weren't a- you I- weren't able to do the hotspot on the seniors plan. I'm, well, I'm running out of time, yeah. is why I'm asking. Okay. The, the difficult. Oh, I am out of time. I'm sorry. Hang on. I'll talk to you uh, in the break. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. I'll take more calls in just a little bit. I got a Santa Jeff, and I have to huddle here. Sorry, sorry, Jeff, I ran out of time. So uh, I'm looking at their, and this is a limited time only essentials unlimited fifty five two lines twenty seven fifty each. And you're saying, are you not getting the thirty gigs hotspot, or what's what's missing? Well. I guess I got it. You know what? It's not, okay, I think you misread because I'm looking at it here. It doesn't say 30 gigs or three gigs. It says 3G, which means it's not LTE. It's 3G hotspot. And I don't see on this how much data you get, but that's not gigs, unfortunately, and that's kind of confusing. I'm looking at the plan. It's the speed. It's not... It's, I you know I mean I'm looking on the other plans they have three gigs of LTE 4G, and then for forty five dollars a line you get twenty gigs of 4G hotspot data, but it doesn't I'm gonna it it's not clear how much data you get on the fifty five dollar for two lines plan. They they call it Essentials Unlimited fifty five, and I think that's the one you have.
5: I I think the key word there is unclear.
2: Yeah, very unclear. So it says three G mobile hotspot data. It doesn't say how much. And I notice on the other columns where it's got thirty five dollars a line, more expensive, you get three gigabytes of four G. My guess is you get unlimited, but it's three G, so it's slow. Have you noticed it's a little slow?
5: What I, What I actually noticed is I needed to have some work done on my laptop and I've got the geek squad through Best Buy yeah so i I called them and they said well okay and the, and the guy that you talked to initially uh he helps you out and then he says well I've got to transfer this over to the technical people and uh, I said okay and he said but there's a five hour wait don't disconnect well when five I
2: connect, hours
5: yeah because they five well, hours before they can connect you to a a, a technical guy. Oh,
2: you know why they do that? They figure you're never going to make five hours. They're basically hanging up on you. That's pretty
5: much what... Well,
2: no, they're not hanging up. No, they're not technically, but who's
5: going to stay on hold for five hours? Yeah, no, no, no. I can hang up my phone. But oh, oh,
2: they'll call have, you back. Oh, I
5: get it. No, oh. no, 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 no. What they do, what I do is I, I do that um, that hotspot through T-Mobile, and and they'll come back and they'll they'll work on my computer while I'm asleep.
2: Ah, but they're saying it's too okay. slow or what are they saying? No, they say it disconnects. Well, it might. It might. So that's it's so not ta- hotspotting is never going to be quite as good. Part of the reason is, you know, your phone battery is wearing out, the phone itself might go to sleep and with you know, you, might, you that's not surprising. It's not it's not really designed for what Well, I have that, the phone, I have
5: the phone uh, hooked up for charging while I'm uh, while I'm asleep, so it, it shouldn't run out of power.
2: Well, okay, good, but it but it sounds like it's dropping it, and I'm, that doesn't yeah. surprise me. That's that's okay. Yeah, you know, I think given what you're getting, uh, that's not a, a use they expected. What they think you're going to do is check your email once in a while, maybe look at your maps as you drive around.
5: Right. Let me ask you a little other guidance on your part. Sure, uh, I've had to have. Uh, diabetic amputation and and i've had some medic i've had some medical issues uh oh yeah i'd I'd love to talk to you about some more of my santa things for example and i I don't do any malls anymore Uh, i do local events and that and plus uh my last i guess my last appearance was down in south florida and the the agency i was working with out of colorado said they wanted somebody bilingual i said that's
2: bilingual. How difficult is it to say
1: "ho ho time
2: ho"? Time? <laughs> hey, I hate to say this, Jeff, but I got to run. They're coming back now. But it was a pleasure hey. talking to you. You are an amazing hey. fellow. I hope we'll talk again soon. Can Can Laura get on the line? Sure, I'll, I'll put her on hold. Leo Laporte, uh, the tech guy. On we go with the show to Joseph in Alhambra, California. Hello, hey. Joseph. Hi, Leo. How you doing? I am well. How are you? Um, okay, thank you. I got two questions. Uh, one has to do with the
9: software. Uh, if I had, like duplicate uh, photos on my uh pc yeah is there a software that could actually tell me like you have uh, so many duplicate photos and it'll actually delete oh yeah, delete with
2: yeah you got to be careful we talk- I've talked about this before you've got to be careful because you don't want you don't want it to delete something that is not a duplicate right so <laughs> right? a false positive would be very, very bad news i i I said as I mentioned before on the Mac, I use Gemini two, which does an excellent job, what you want. You're on Windows, I'm thinking, so I'll give you a Windows yeah. solution. But uh, what you want is something that will look at the contents of the picture, not just go by the title date or the time or the title or that kind of thing. You want it something that will actually say this is exactly the same file and only right. delete it then. Because even even if, you've, you know, if you edit a file, a lot of times you'll edit a photo, and now you'll have two copies, one original and one edited. You don't want to get rid of either of those either. So what you want is a program that actually goes into – the photo and says, Is this exact, you know, bit for bit the same? Now, there are a lot of programs that will do this, but that's the key when you're looking at these programs. There's one even called Duplicate Photo Finder that I've mentioned before um, That uh, that's a duplicate, let's see, easy duplicate finder.com. And what you want is you want to look at this and say, Do you look at the contents of the folder eric in the chat room says he uses dupe detector another one that's very popular he says it is a terrible user interface uh there's there's a ton of these this is not a you know this is such a common problem everybody's got this problem i would say my general recommendation is this duplicate photo finder one of the reasons is it'll show you the photos and say look these look like duplicates are they and it's smart enough by the way this is a this is a common problem. You got one photo right side up, and one rotated. Oh, yeah. Is that the same <laughs> that photo? photo? Well, I think it is. It'll show you those. It'll actually detect that and say, "This one looks like this other one, but it's rotated." Is that the same photo? And you get to decide.
9: Okay, so it's called Duplicate Photo Finder. Yes,
2: and it is. Uh, it is at. Oh, I gave you the address and I lost it. Let me just check one more time. Um, oh shoot. I think it is easy yeah it's easy duplicatefinder dot com easy duplicate finder I think that's it yeah com. okay chatroom uh has some other suggestions. Here's one that's free. it's called all a l l d u p dot d e It's from Germany, so you know it's good Okay. <laughs> so um. most of these will have a free trial, and that's what I would use first.
9: All right, I'll try that. Yeah, um, and see. The other C- question is. Yes. Okay, the other question has to do with the uh, EcoTank, the Epson.
2: Yeah. Uh, Our
1: sponsor. The, is there a
2: heads
9: in there? Yeah, right. Is, uh, do the heads wear out if I don't uh, print that many photos? Like, say, like a month or two, I decide to print some photos. Does anything dry out in there? I know the, the liquids won't dry
10: out.
2: So, Does the, the Epson folks, because I. This is one problem I have with inkjet. I generally do not recommend inkjets if you don't print more than, say, once a week because they'll get clogged up. And Epson called me and said, Leo, Leo, we coat the heads. We do all sorts of things. They'll never get clogged up. And I said, all right, okay, if you say so. But generally speaking, if you are not printing a lot. I, you know, this is just the nature of inkjet printers. Is the the heads will get clogged. That's not a bad thing, especially with the eco tank. You've got so much ink, you can run the right. run the declog process. What I would do is just print a test page every week, just oh, okay. just to keep that thing juiced up, and then you won't have to worry about it. Oh, okay, great. Because there's not if you're doing photo printing, you've got to use inkjet. There's no, there's no laser that's going to do good photo. So if right. you're just doing you know business printing and you only print once a month, then maybe a laser printer is the right thing. But if you're doing photo printing, you have to use an inkjet printer. And in this case, I just think the best, the most prudent thing would be, you know, every, every time you're listening to the tech guy, print out a test page. Okay. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Thank you. Scooter X in our chat room uh, has an uh, old Epson uh, inkjet, the old workforce, which I had for years. He says... But I print a few sheets every day, and that's the key on any inkjet. If you print regularly, they're the greatest. But for very, very light duty, it's just been my experience that uh, they get clogged after, you know, if you don't use them for a month, the ink's going to dry out. Then you run the the declogging process, and that uses a little extra ink, but you get so much in the inkjet, I don't think that's as big a deal as, as one might think. Uh, however, uh, for very light duty, I think laser is probably a better idea. Stephen in San Antonio, Texas. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Stephen. Hey, how's it going, Leo? I'm
9: well. How are you? Very well. Um, I have a problem, and it's happened twice. Uh, my Wayne MiniPort IPv4, when I put my windows in, it's there. But then all of a sudden, it disappears. And then I did it again. And it disappeared again. Now, unfortunately, that's what runs my wireless printer. Me, hey. from what I understand, I mean, I, I'm just so beyond
2: my, so you have uh, this mini port you use. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about this thing. I'm not sure what this is.
9: Well, it's like my my Ecotech, I cannot get it to to go to my desktop. Because I am missing the IPB four lane mini port. I just look at my network adapter adapters, and it was there when I installed my Windows. But then, when I all of a sudden just one day, it just disappeared. Is it
2: connected via USB? Yeah. So um, probably the best thing to do is unplug it and plug it in again. It's Bluetooth. Oh, it's Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah. Okay, so it's connected via Bluetooth to your computer. Yeah, Bluetooth is not is notorious for dropping out. You have to reconnect it frequently. Okay.
9: But I can't. I can't get the. I don't know how to get the IPv4 back in there.
2: <laughs> what uh, What kind of printer are you using? Your sponsor, the. Uh, oh, it, you Google don't that. need the mini port. You don't need the mini port. Put So you put that printer, the EcoTank. Any modern printer has Wi-Fi built into it. Do you have a Wi-Fi connection? Exactly. You but do or don't? Connect. Do you have Wi-Fi? Yeah. No, I do. Yeah. yeah. So you go in the printer. You set it up to use your Wi-Fi. So now your printer's on the network. You don't need any mini port. You don't need any WAN mini port at all. You're trying to connect okay. in this weird way from your computer to a Bluetooth device, which then talks to the printer. You don't need that. You just have to be on the same Wi Fi and you'll see the printer on your computer and you can print to it. No no wires, no connections, no mini port necessary. Well, I went through it
9: with Epson and I couldn't get it to connect. So I'll try it again. Oh it'll
2: connect. You just gotta make sure you're putting the right password in and all that stuff. So make sure. Sh- so the the, the, the the key is to get that Epson printer. On Wi Fi. And all modern Epson's, including all the eco tanks, have Wi Fi built in. So once you get it on the Wi Fi network and your computer is on the same Wi Fi network, then all you have to do is say add printer. Your computer will go out, it'll look at the network. It will get the IP address. That's what you need the IP address of the printer automatically. You should see that automatically. Discover the printer. It'll see it, it'll fill it in. You don't need to enter that in. Anything, Anytime you're entering that in, bad idea. You need to let it discover it. And uh, and then it should automatically print to it. That's how I do it. That's the way it's designed to work. You don't you don't need your mini port, especially a Bluetooth mini port. Holy cow, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. I think I think you're trying you're trying too hard. Basically, <laughs> you should be on the printer on the uh, Wi-Fi. The printer should be on the Wi-Fi, and then you should just do Add Printer from the control panel, and it should see it. Unless you've done something odd with your routing that it's, you know, static IP addresses. or Even that, it should see it. Should be able to see it. Thank you to Lady Laura, our musical director, playing the discs. Thank you so much to uh, Kim Schaffer, our unbreakable phone angel, for taking your calls. Thanks most of all to you for calling in. I wouldn't be much of a show if I just had to sit here and talk for three hours. Leo Laporte, the tech guy, last segment of the uh, day of the weekend. Let's go to line one, Jose in Modesto, California. Hi, Jose. Oh, hi, Leo. Welcome. Thank you. I just have a
10: question. Um, I want to ask you um, your point of view, your opinion about um, an alternative for Chromebooks. I've been looking into Ubuntu Mate. For- oh, I'm a big fan okay. of
2: Linux. So what? So the Chromebook was created by Google. To be a secure, inexpensive platform for people who n- just need to do stuff you could do in a browser. Um, it's based on Linux. It is Linux. In fact, you can even, they even have a fairly easy way to use Linux on a Chromebook so you can get more capability if you want. They've also added the Android store because they realized that was kind of limiting to say, well, you can only use the Chrome browser. So over the years, Chrome OS has gotten more sophisticated. What, why would you want to use a Chromebook? What is it that you're looking for? Well, I'm looking for.
10: Um, uh, I want it to be secure and everything, mm-hmm.
2: um, and um, that's the main focus of it. Yeah. So the reason a Chromebook is more secure is because it's more limited. So we get in trouble with these general purpose operating systems like Windows, Mac, and yes, Linux. These are operating systems that are designed to give you, f- you know, kind of total freedom to run anything you want, do anything you want. They're very. They're. That's what computers. You know, since the personal computer was invented, that was the whole point is I don't want to have to go use the computer, you know, in the basement of the computer lab and let them tell me what I can and can't do. I want my own personal computer right here on my desktop so I can do anything I want. But as we've learned over the intervening years, there's some responsibility that comes with that. If you can install any program you find on the Internet, well, it's up to you not to install dangerous programs. And over the last 10 or so years... There' become more there are more and more people out there, more malefactors out there who are trying to trick you into installing their dangerous programs whether to to hack you or to use your computer to attack other computers they want to, they want to use your resources so you have two choices: you can either become a security expert, and I would submit if you're using Windows, that's pretty much part of the job you've got to learn how to secure yourself Mac a little less so. Linux, maybe a little more so because it's really the most free of all the operating systems, right? Both, you know, Macintosh is probably the most locked down, then Windows and then Linux. Uh, so the less locked down a system, the more risk involved, the more responsibility on you to be the security guy. Chrome OS is really locked down. Google writes it in such a way that you can't boot. You know, it will not boot up if the operating system has been modified. It's uh, It's got what we call a secure boot it won't let you install applications at all. You can only okay. run the browser and anything the browser lets you install, which means, in effect, you're limited to what Google has approved as a Chrome extension. Um, now that you can use Android and Linux, it's a little bit more open, but that's why it's secure. It's secure because it's locked down. There's a direct correspondence. The more locked down, the safer you are. That's why an iPhone is the safest mobile platform, an iPad because they're really locked down, you can't just go out and download any old program you want. You have to go through Apple, and Apple has a gatekeeper, and they say, "No, no, we're not going to let that stuff on there. It's dangerous." So that's the trade-off. The more freedom you have, the more freedom you have to get hacked. And so it's up to you to decide. Well, how if you want the most secure? There's there really are there's Chromebook. there, is, there are secure security focused Linux distributions. Not the one you mentioned, not Ubuntu, not Pop! OS, my favorite, or Manjaro. Those are all very free and open. Um, There's a very secure Linux operating system that security experts use. Here's the thing. The question to ask is, if you were a security guru and you were going to the big hacker convention, DEF CON or Black Hat in Vegas, what computer would you bring, knowing that you are going to the... The center of hacker activity in the world with thousands of hackers all around you, all as a game trying to break into you. What would you use? Most of the people I know would not bring Windows, Mac, or Linux. They'd bring a Chromebook, if anything. Probably they wouldn't bring anything. They certainly wouldn't bring a smartphone because they know. There is an operating system called Cubes. Q-U-B-E-S dot O-S dot org. It's free. It's a Linux designed to be secure. It's the one Edward Snowden says is secure because everything is sandboxed. It's very locked down. And honestly, I don't recommend it for anybody except an expert because it's so hard to use. It's really a nightmare. Uh, But it's very secure. So maybe if you're going to DEF CON or Black Hat, if you're going to a big hacker convention, you'd put cubes on your computer. Um, Honestly, I've used cubes and it's highly recommended by, by real security gurus, but they know what they're doing. They're willing to go through a lot of hoops to use an operating system that's secure. It's really locked down. So you have to decide, Jose, do I want freedom or do I want security? And it's really there's really a balancing act. I, that's why I often recommend either an iPad or Chrome OS. Those are the two most secure operations. What, what is it about Chrome OS you don't want? Well, it's that the thing is that I, have found, I want to use
10: Ubuntu Mate and a Raspberry Pi because um, I have a few Raspberry Pis laying around, and I want to use them, you
2: know? Yeah, so, that's exactly that's it. The Chromebook, you can't add your own drives. You can't do anything. Uh, I Ubuntu Mate's excellent. Mate is the desktop environment. Ubuntu is the Linux, and Ubuntu uh, at ubuntu.com. Is a very good Linux. Lots of people use, and they have a variety of different desktop environments you can use. Mint is an Ubuntu. The one I like, Pop OS, which is the one I'd recommend, uses GNOME, which is another desktop environment. Uh, I like Gnome a lot. Um, but but Mate's very nice. It's light. The nice thing about Mate, it's lightweight. It's the old. Basically, it's based on the old GNOME 2.0, so it's very lightweight. Uh, XF. It's it's actually I think Mate because it's named after the caffeinated beverage of Uruguay. But uh, <laughs> but it, I'll call it Mate because it looks like Mate. Uh, they uh, uh, also make an XFCE version, which is perhaps even more lightweight. So if you feel comfortable installing and setting up Linux, do you? Have you ever done it before? Uh, yes. I have some experience. I'm not an expert, but I have some experience. I think it's... The night. The advantage of Linux in, in the security terms is it's not widely used. So... They're, you know, everybody, The bad guys are going to attack the most used operating systems. First Windows, then Macintosh. Uh, and so you're probably, just by putting yourself in a little corner of the world, you're probably safer. And if you know what you're doing, I think Ubuntu Mate is a very good choice.
10: Okay, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Leo. And you're welcome. One, one, one other thing, I uh, want to also comment on the kid, the coding. Hi. Uh, yeah, and, uh, from Spain. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta love those kids, you know. Isn't that those neat? kids are the future, you know. He is he, the future, and I think he could, he could become the next um, um, Steve
2: Jobs, you know. I agree. You know? I agree. I love it when the kids call. He's 12 years old. He says, I already built my own speech assistant. Uh, now I want to work on some face recognition. <laughs> he's in sixth grade. I think that's fantastic. And I, I honestly, I'll, I'll reiterate this. If you've got a smart kid who says, I want a computer... Get them a Raspberry Pi. It's cheap, and they'll have to learn how to use it. (laughs) Make them work for it. Hey, great to talk to you, Jose. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. It is a difficult challenge because you want power. The whole point of a desktop computer is that it's ours. It's our PC. We can do anything we want. But with great power comes great responsibility. And one of the responsibilities is learning how to keep it secure leo laporte the tech guy. i I had a great time today i hope you did too and i hope you will come back we could talk more maybe i'll have the z flip next week and i can take a uh, box cutter to it no i won't do that have a great geek week leo laporte the tech guy well that's it for the tech guy show for today thank you so much for being here And don't forget, TWIT, T-W-I-T, it stands for This Week in Tech, and you'll find it at twit.tv, including the podcasts for this show. We talk about Windows and Windows Weekly, Macintosh on MacBreak Weekly, iPads, iPhones, Apple Watches on iOS Today, Security and Security Now. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And, of course, the big show every Sunday afternoon, This Week in Tech. You'll find it all at twit.tv. And I'll be back next week with another great Tech Guy show. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time.